Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So Tulsi Gabbard finally announced she's quitting the Democratic Party. And uh, obviously, you know, everybody saw this coming. I'm glad she's come out and announced it. I'm glad she's calling out what she is calling out. But I'm just going to come out and say it before we get into to all the news. I think it's uh, too little too late. I'm a big fan of Tulsi, obviously. You know, I support her in her presidential run. But uh, too little too late. The bigger impact would have been if in the 2020 race, she came out and said exactly what she's saying now. Instead, she endorsed Joe Biden. And uh, I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but she was standing next to Biden during his inauguration is what is what I was told. Is that what happened? So anyway... I think it's good that she's coming out. It's good that she's calling it out. And now a bunch of Republicans have come out and said more are going to come out and say the same thing. But, you know, it does feel a little bit late. So we'll talk about that. That seems to be the big news. Republicans are cheering for this. We have a couple other big stories. Republicans are suing the Biden administration for collusion with big tech and censoring people's speech on social media. That's that's big for obvious reasons. And then a really crazy story. Elon Musk is reportedly turning off Starlink in parts of Ukraine after talking with Vladimir Putin. And now they're claiming, Vice has published a story that Elon Musk talked with Putin beforehand, which Elon Musk is saying is fake news, but it's all just getting absolutely insane. So we got we to talk about this. And I really, I want to talk a lot about people who are leaving the Democratic Party. And I think the big issue here is the Democratic Party has become the party of the wealthy elites. Conservative news outlets say it, moderate news outlets say it, leftist news outlets say it, and even Democrat establishment news outlets say it. So at what point do people just recognize Tulsi's right when she says it's a cabal of warmongering, warmongering woke elites? So we'll talk about all that. But before we get started, my friends, head over to TimCast.com to become a member and support our work directly. As a member, you'll get access to the Uncensored Members Only Show. We're going to have one of those up for you tonight at 11 p.m. You don't want to miss it. They sometimes get a little spicy. We swear a lot, but it's good fun. Not really family friendly. And you'll be supporting our journalists directly. So everybody who's writing stories all day, every day, they rely on you as members supporting our work. So smash that like button. Subscribe to this channel. Share the show with your friends. Joining us to discuss this and so much more is Kathy Barnett. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. Thanks for coming. Who are you? Oh, wow. Who am I? Who are you? I am a mom. Uh, a wife and I love my country. Most people would know me. I just finished a brutal, uh, very competitive uh, senatorial race in the primary for um, Pennsylvania. And uh, now I am looking for every opportunity to continue to push my values. Right on. Well, thanks for coming. This should be a lot Thank of fun. Thank you so much for having me. We've got Luke Rutkowski, of course. Hey, guys. My name is Luke Rutkowski of WeAreChange.org. And today I am wearing a Venn diagram of where we are as society, highlighting 1984, Brave New World, and, of course, Fahrenheit 451, highlighting pretty much how we're screwed. You can celebrate our screwing by going and getting the shirt on thebestpoliticalshirts.com because you do. I'm here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm also wearing a We Are Change shirt, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. Luke. You are, this yes. Is one of you yours, are, yep. isn't it? Attention is a hell of a drug, and then it's got your social media apparatus as pills. And I mean, really, take. like slot machines, you know, they're just programming our brains with this addiction quality. I like the shirt. It's topical. I was wearing it. I figured I'd shout <laughs> it out. Thank Ian you. Ian Crossland. 
Appreciate in case it. you didn't know. Right on. And of course, we have Serge pressing all the buttons. Hey guys, I am here. I got a comment that was low energy yesterday, so I'll try and up the energy today. Oh, we're gonna, we've got to get like caffeine powder and pour it in his drink right before the show. And <laughs> yeah. then it's like, guys, I'm here. I'm surging. Yeah, let's get I'm it. Ready, guys. I'm surging. Dude, that, that joke's probably been made before. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like everyone's heard these jokes before, but then again, I have to realize it's me who's heard all these jokes before, not everyone else. So if you got new ones, please throw them in the chat. Let's see what you or, got. Or we can lean into it and just, you can sit back with your eyes half closed and be like, what's up? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I won't be the only one getting the drug comments on the YouTube. Okay. <laughs> nice hair, by the way. Did I mention that hey, last night? Hey, yeah, that's right. I lost. Uh, what was it? one of the comments was I lost a fight with a storage protector. That's a new one. Oh, that's a good that's one. A that's one. a good one. Yeah, that yeah. is because it's your name, you know. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Right. All right, let's jump into this first story from TimCast.com. Tulsi Gabbard quits Democratic Party, citing wokeness and anti-white racism, calls the party existential threat to America, and urges other party members to join her. That's the gist of the story. She gave a, a speech saying. Nonetheless, I can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party. It's now under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers driven by cowardly wokeness who divide us by racializing every issue and stoking anti-white racism, who actively work to undermine our God-given freedoms enshrined in our Constitution, and who are hostile to people of faith and spirituality, who demonize the police, who, pro who protect criminals at the expense of the law. Well, that's good news as far as I'm concerned, but I do think she should have uh, come out and stated this a long time ago. Absolutely, right? I mean, finally, welcome <laughs> yeah. to the nightmare that the overwhelming majority of us have been living for, you know, for quite some time, probably on steroids since 2016. So, you know, I don't know, a little too late. I don't know. But I do believe that it is indicative of what will happen to the Democrat Party, I think more and more you would see a lot of people, sane, reasonable people who are waking up to the reality of uh, what the left, how the left has taken over the Democrat Party. This is one of the craziest things that I've been hearing a lot of behind the scenes. Something's been happening recently where people are snapping and there's like mass red pilling going on. I'm hearing stories of like, you know, I, I, from, from friends, and this is not like celebrities or famous people, just like, Hey, my, my friend was all of a sudden one day just came to me and said that, you know, what's going on with war? What's going on with World War Three? Joe Biden's doing all of this. And people are going from in the dark to red pill just like yeah. very, very quickly. And I, I wonder if a lot of it is when the news says nuclear war may be coming, you start to pay attention. And then when you do, you go, hey, wait a minute, this Biden guy's actually really bad. I don't know if it's nuclear war. I think it's gas prices. I think it's yeah. food shortages. I think <laughs> That's a good point. I think it's those things. Uh, for a lot of people, I live in a very woke, quote unquote, uh, kind of area right outside of Philadelphia, the second, uh, the third largest county in the state of Pennsylvania, the second wealthiest county in the state of Pennsylvania. These people are very woke. Um, but however, when you look at a lot of these people are beginning to take that red pill that they're watching what happened to their children. Um, I think education is going to be a really big issue for a lot of those suburban moms. I'm thinking that COVID, the lockdowns or the shutdowns rather, and then the riots that didn't have much of a military response or police response was kind of an opening. But I think you're right that it's gas prices. I think it's I gas think prices. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, my perspective is like, why would a young person and then, you know, obviously the war is that's probably my personal bias. You bring up gas prices and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Some some uh, you know minimum wage skateboarder guy who's trying to get enough gas mustered up to go to the skate park is probably saying, "What the is going on?" 
And then he's looking it up and being like, why did Biden shut down the Keystone Pipeline? <laughs> yeah. I, well, you know, no, I got I, I, guess. I personally think it's the Great Reset. I personally think it's the Build Back Better agenda, which coalesces into all of these things when it comes to not only actively being a warmonger, but also destroying the economy, which I think is being done deliberately here. Here, But but to, to go back into this topic, it does seem like the Democratic Establishment Party is a sinking ship. They're expected to lose a lot of seats in this upcoming election. And if we remember Tulsi Gabbard, she was she was seen as a rising star a few years ago until she questioned the Syrian war, until she actually said, hey, maybe we shouldn't be warmongers. Maybe we shouldn't do regime change. Maybe we shouldn't be financing ISIS and Al-Qaeda inside of the Middle East and launching a war on terror, which, of course, is being financed by our own money. And when she pushed back against a lot of the war policies, that's when the bigger attacks against her happened by her own party. Uh, 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 sort of. It was really when she came out against Hillary Clinton. Yeah. That was when the machine went like, yeah, don't do that. Yeah, yeah. But, but she was, again, she was the first combat veteran female running for president of the United States. You would think just basically on those merits. The, the Democratic Party would lose their mind and overwhelmingly go support her? No, absolutely no, not. They no. didn't believe in her. They questioned her. They called her a Russian asset. Right. They criticized her every step of the way because she dared to say, hey, 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 you know, all these lies, all these bigger banker bailouts, all the ways that you're being screwed over in America is not okay. And I'm going to stand up against it. She did successfully. Her, her smackdown of Kamala Harris is absolutely epic. And she has done a lot of good when it came to pushing the Overton window, starting conversations and debates, even though she was anti-gun, endorsed uh, Joe Biden and the World Economic anti -nuclear Forum. Anti-nuclear power. And the World Economic Forum even liked her so much that they put, up, put her up as, as representatives. Now, she, of course, along with... Um, uh, the, the iPad Dan guy, Crenshaw. Dan Crenshaw, say that they were put on there uh, without their kind of consent. But but regardless, still, the, the World Economic Forum said, hey, this is a good person we like, she, uh, look, we want to promote. She endorsed Joe Biden. Yeah. I mean, look, how are you going to come out and say the party's been taken over by a cabal of warmongers when you endorsed one of the principal warmongers? Yeah. Don't tell me Tulsi didn't know about what Joe Biden was doing in the early in, in, in the early 2010s with the Iraq war. Mm -hmm. His brother is getting these lucrative contracts. She like there, there's no way she is unaware of what Hunter Biden was accused of doing with the laptop stuff. So I can I can respect if, you know, behind the scenes, she's trying to be tactful and try and still re remain in the Democratic Party to try and bring people into it who might actually be sane as to and cognizant of what's going on. But I kind of just feel like it's 2022. We're two months out, not barely from uh, just just about two months out from the from 2023 step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And Tulsi's coming out saying, I'm quitting the Democratic Party. And it's just like, yo, if you came out in October of 2020 and said all of this exact same stuff, like, I will not endorse a warmonger like Joe Biden, we may have gotten Donald Trump. 
and we would not be at war right now. Yeah. And she's also a member of the Council on Foreign Relations, which should spark up a lot of eyebrows. But uh, th there's a lot of other scuttlebutt behind the scenes talking about her potentially joining Donald Trump, her potentially joining DeSantis and running with them for these upcoming uh, presidential elections. So there's a lot of scuttlebutt about her positioning herself to be more politically relevant and be able to run on a party ticket that would galvanize a lot of the working class people because but at the end of the day, even though you know World Economic Forum endorsed CFR member and endorsed Joe Biden, anti-gun, she still does talk about a lot of important issues that do uh, push the Overton window, that do start conversations that I think are important. All right, I'm gonna say this. Everybody deserves to evolve. Even, you know, uh, Cenk Uygur of the Young Turks, he supported defunding police. Today, he says it's a losing idea and it's a bad idea. And he's right. And I, and I commend, commend him for realizing the mistake he made previously and now coming out and saying, you know what, defund the police is a bad idea. I still think it's important to point out Tulsi Gabbard was very, very wrong in 2020. In this article from NBC News, and uh, Tulsi Gabbard ends presidential run endorses Biden. She said, it's clear that Democratic primary voters have chosen Vice President Joe Biden to be that per to be the person who will take on President Trump in the general election. I'm confident that he will lead our country guided by the spirit of aloha, respect and compassion and thus help heal the divisiveness that has been tearing our country apart. Uh, in her announcement, she noted that she'll continue her military service. But uh, anyway, to go back to that quote, she was wrong. Joe Biden has has in that speech where he came out and called MAGA Republicans an existential threat to this country did the exact opposite. So this is just Tulsi being very, very, very wrong. And if she came out back then and said Joe Biden is divisive, Joe Biden is a threat to this country and we should not be supporting him. She didn't even have to, she wouldn't even have to come out and endorse Trump. She can just be like, I will not endorse a man who was who was vice president to administration that blew up children in the Middle East. And for what reason? Couldn't tell you. War, empire, regime change. She'd probably just say regime change, but respectable. Instead, she actually, and this blew my mind, endorsed Joe Biden while campaigning on ending regime change war. It's like, what do you think the Obama administration was doing with Joe Biden there as vice president? And now but here we are closer to war than ever. So I mean, go ahead. No, no, no. But that's what's expected, right? Once you are, um, once you are not going to win a particular uh, race, then the party expects you to just line up and do as you're told. Just take one for the team. And a lot of people do that without uh, of, of just doing what others expect them to do. I find it to be very inauthentic. Uh, and, and authenticity was, you know, a huge part of, it was something that I was very intentional about at the very beginning of my race is to remain true to those values that brought me into the Republican Party when I was a junior in college from the Democrat Party to be authentic to those values that would cause me to want to run in the first place because I earnestly believe we're about to lose our country. I don't believe that that's hyperbole. I believe things are have gone very wrong um, and we need something very different. So for her to come out and support uh, Joe Biden in 2020, that is what is expected of people and, you know, and, and, and 
And to be completely honest, that's what plastic politicians do. You get dragged through the mud, but then once it's all over, everyone expects you to shut up, line up, do as you're told and just go on. But I wanted to go back to something you said earlier about, you know, the fact that, uh, you know, that she's a woman, she's this, she's that. She checks off all the boxes. The Democrat Party should have been in love with her. Uh, That only works if you also uh, follow the narrative. But if you have your own mind, your own thoughts and your own opinion, I don't care how many boxes you check off. I mean, look at me. I'm black. I'm a woman. I grew up dirt poor on a pig farm in southern Alabama underneath a rock. You would think the Republican, the Democrat Party would be like, we love her. You would think the Republican establishment would be like, praise the Lord. Now we have a fighting chance to stoke some enthusiasm in our party. But if you don't follow the narrative and the script, it doesn't matter how many boxes you check off. They don't want to have anything to do with yeah, you. Put it simply, if you're not a controlled puppet, you're not going to get any play and support by the establishment. But I also want to On kind either of, side. I, I wanted to ask or you Hollywood. What, what, your, yeah, what your understanding of politics. Do you think this move is highlighting maybe something bigger, maybe a bigger move between a potential 2024 run? Do you think Absolutely. something's happening behind the scenes? What, what do you think Tulsi is doing here? No one does anything in this industry because it's the right thing to do. <laughs> if you you think people in this industry do things because it's the right thing to do solely because it's the right thing to do that's not how this works yeah i don't want to call it a publicity stunt but she she coincided this uh announcement with the announcement of her new show the tulsi yep. gabbard show and on an fox episode. is it on fox i'm not sure i think okay. it's on youtube and okay and uh an episode of joe rogan's podcast that she just went mm-hmm. on i just saw an ad for that today so this was very planned that she's probably been thinking about this for a long time but she has been taking you know mm-hmm. little red pills at the little red pills at the little red pills for some time now right um now i don't believe now a lot of republicans we get excited when people throw ready? us little bones um, you know, oh, look, she's moving to our side. So I never thought she was a conservative or really a Republican. But I have seen over some period of time of her taking these little red pills. And so now she finally took enough of them where she's saying, I'm leaving the Democrat Party. I think I think that's going to be endemic of what we see happen across a lot of, uh, you know, those particular communities where Democrats have basically have taken people for granted, their vote for granted. Other than the black community, I think the black community would probably be the very last people to come off the Democrat plantation. I think you're going to see more and more Hispanics leave the Democrat Party. I think we're already experiencing that. And I think there are a lot of sane uh, Democrats who are going to come off. Unfortunately, I think those who share my hue and complexion i think we're probably going to be one of the last why, why do you think it is that uh you said you said the black community would be the last to to leave the democratic party why do you think that is yeah you know i mean even during the republican primary i spent a lot of time in the black community um you know i spent a lot of time in democrat controlled communities um, and we would bring our laptops with us every single time we were going to one of these communities. And we were actively changing people's registration from Democrat to Republican. One of the things I saw is that there is truly just a lack of awareness. I think, again, I think things like gas prices brings it home to people's kitchen mm-hmm. table. And now they're yeah. paying attention to it. But you, other did, than that. Real quick, did you see that video out of Florida? 
where the two black guys are looking at the gas tanker coming after the hurricane and the guy's <laughs> like, I'm voting for DeSantis and I'm a Democrat. He's got, he brought the gas, it's all that matters. Let me tell you, when I walked into black communities, um, you know, in 2020, when we were having all these uh, Black Lives Matter riot uh, uh, rallies, I started, I was running for Congress. That was my first time jumping into the political fray. I'm now in a general election. I started attending Black Lives Matter rallies. No one would invite me. I would just walk up on stage, take the mic and say, yeah, I'm black. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? And I would say, uh, my name is Kathy Barnett. I'm a Republican. Now get out of your emotions. And I would begin to talk to black people about right where they're standing. Black people want exactly what everyone else want. We want safe streets. We want good schools. We want good jobs, right? We don't want to defund the police. Black people never came up with that idea. Mm-hmm. A white Democrat living behind a gated community came up with the idea (laughs) of defund the police. Black people never come up with that. The problem is there's a litany of them, but one that we can control is the fact that Republicans don't go into those communities for a variety of reasons. We don't go in, we don't compete, we just leave it as a far gone conclusion that they're gonna vote for Democrats. What I did during the primary this primary that I just went through, is I started going into black communities, changing every single time, changing uh, their uh, voter registration from Democrat to Republican. They are open. It's just they're very unaware of the reality. You mean you'd go in and talk to them about it and then they would decide to switch? And then they would decide, right. So I would go into these predominantly black communities or I would go to an environment where I knew we were going to be bringing in a lot of black people who were Democrats and I would stand up. Uh, Sometimes I would have 30 minutes to speak with them. The other 30 minutes we would be changing voter registration from Democrat to Republican every single time I would clear the room and I would get all these people to change their voter registration why I'm not going in plastic I'm not going in with canned speeches I'm talking about right where they're living they want their children not to have to duck and dodge bullets just to get into their um, uh, classroom they want exactly what everyone else want we just got to go in and we have to we have the more compelling story. We just have to have the nerve to go in and do it. How, how did the white hipsters at the BLM rally respond to, oh you, to you saying, get out of your emotions? Oh, my goodness. Let me tell you, every single time I had a, my own rally outside, Black Lives Matter would show up every single time. And there was not one black person in the bunch. <laughs> every, I mean, it is goodness. nothing. I mean, these are some of the most racist. And that's not a word I throw around at all. I'm very careful about it. But I found more resistance and more hate from these progressive leftists. I don't even want to call them progressive. Just these leftist Democrats, um, you know, trying to tell me what it means to be black. I mean, you know, just very bold and very in your face. And I found them to be very nasty. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I, too, I, think I found them to be very nasty. Mm-hmm. Racism so insidious. Because even when people are, like, trying to give you compliments and be nice ra- racistly, they're like... Black people are so beautiful. Like, it's like, dude, leave the racism at the door. Talk to me like a person. Yes. But this is what the left does. There's a Yale study, which I'm sure you you saw, right? That uh, Democrats talk down. Actually, there's there's two different ones. One is Democrats as a political party. Uh, they they lower their vocabulary level when speaking to minorities <laughs> and liberals in general talk down in the same way. Conservative yeah. politicians and conservatives don't do this. Yeah. So did, did you see that, that oh, one from a few yeah. years ago? Yes, I did. Uh, I'm uh, sure uh, you've experienced it. I think it. it was a couple of years ago. Yeah, let me tell you something. I mean, 
every time I walk into a room, they'd be like, oh, she speaks so well. Oh, my <laughs> like, what God, you, come on. You speak so well, right? I mean, I never saw anyone say that to another white person, but it was always kind of pointed at me. Oh, you, oh, you speak so, you speak English really well. Like, yeah, I'm an American. <laughs> Isn't that what Biden described Obama as? Yes. Right? yes. <laughs> I think so. He did. I remember that. Wow. Yeah, Biden said, he, he, and he went on and on about it. I that know, right? Like really good teeth. But I, but but I think, <laughs> yeah. But I think Biden explicitly said about him being black. Yeah, he, I think uh, I'm looking it up right now. One of the texts he said was that he was articulate and clean. Yes, <laughs> so, that's the word. You're yes. so articulate. Oh, and you know, I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, but that's just a part of the issue. I mean, like that's just, you know, like that's something you can just kind of give people a pass on. But when you mm-hmm. look at the policies of the Democrat Party, every time I want to drive again, I'm on the I'm um, um my county of Bucks, uh, uh, Philadelphia. When I want to go into Center City of Philadelphia, I take the street versus the freeway, um, just so I can get you know familiar with the different areas, and it just really rubs me raw when I know. I just drove into the black community. You drive from one community to another community to Mm -hmm. another community and you get into the black community and it's trash everywhere, it's liquor stores everywhere, it's mattresses, multiple mattresses just sitting on the sidewalk. It's very irritating. And so Democrats' policies, they are showing up in some of the most horrific ways, primarily in Republican, Democrat, uh, in black communities. I will not read that quote from Joe Biden. I'm sorry. You guys, someone someone else (laughs) that gets to read it, I'm not reading it who wants to read it i'll read it i mean you so, got, so, so read the full thing that biden famously said uh biden famously said in what is this in the new york observer i gotta get a glare off the screen quote i mean you got the first biden says mainstream african-american who's articulate and bright says joe biden and clean <laughs> and a nice looking guy i mean that's a storybook man what's the storybook that a black I, guy's cleaned up joe i, I, I was racist freak I, respect- I love you, man. I'm just saying, leave the racism at the door. I respect how you kept breaking the quote up by saying yeah, Biden says. Don't, I don't want to think I'm the one saying this. Yeah, you don't get that clipped out. But, but I mean, it's amazing that he said that. He, he had to apologize for it. But this, to, to me, scientific studies showing that Democrats talk down to black people, that they 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 use lower grade language mm-hmm. like that says everything well listen democrats hated me and the reason why they hate me is because i don't need them i don't need them to pay my bills i don't need them to help me with anything all i need them to do is get out of my way right and right. so i mean and that and that was the reality that was my my reality my experience of just running um uh, all across pennsylvania but again that was when i was in a general election in 2020 now i came into a primary election in 2020 Two, and now I'm running as a Republican in a Republican primary. And let me just tell you, the issue is not just with the Democrat Party. We do have this thing called a uniparty in our country. Uh, and they are, and the Republic, I mean, Democrats cannot do half the things they're doing if Republicans in the establishment, the elites within the Republican Party, the machine, was not complicit. Right, don't play ball. What do you think? about democratic policy has altered the way you were saying the when you get to the black community of philadelphia that there's trash on the street and yeah why what do you think policy wise has caused that specifically yeah. it's a broken culture i mean you know and i would say to i would go into again uh you know these predominantly black communities especially during the black lives matter riots of of 2020 and i would ask them i mean you would be hard pressed to find a republican 
anywhere in leadership, right? The only ones who were in leadership in these predominantly black communities were Democrats. And so you can't look at Republicans and say, oh, it's your pro- it's your fault that my trash don't get picked up. It's your fault that we have these particular school systems that are failing time and time and time again. Which party is constantly saying they don't want school choice? They don't want to give parents the ability to take a voucher. And if your school is not competing and not providing your children what they need, then you have as a parent because you know your child better then you as a parent can take that voucher and then take your child to a school where your baby will uh, where your baby will succeed which party is 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 working against that policy Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Democrats are so, working against so that. Uh, just to kind of bring things into highlight, I, I wanted to really get your perspective because other than just failed Democratic policies, what do you think is mainly responsible for uh, you know, areas like Philadelphia, for, for predominantly black areas to be in the current situation that they are right now? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What's the driving focus? Who's responsible? I mean, who's responsible? I mean, well, let me, for me, I always start with myself, right? I mean, I was a Democrat. Uh, I grew up, I mean, I grew up, I mean, I grew up below the bottom rung of the economic ladder. I grew up on a pig farm in Southern Alabama. I grew up in a home with uh, uh, no running water, uh, no insulation, an outhouse in the back and a well on the side. When I say poor, we couldn't afford the other O. We were just po. But (laughs) no one ever told me I was a victim. Right. We didn't have much, but I saw my grandparents wake up early, go to bed late, taking care of their family, taking care of their community. Right. And no one ever told me I was a victim. Um, and so I went on to get an education. I went on to get married, to ha- to wait till I got married before I started having children. So you can learn these particular things. So. Before we start saying, oh, it's the white man's fault or, oh, it's that black man's fault or, oh, it's these people's fault, I always want to get the mirror and put it up in my own face and say, what can I do with my life? But now, once you get beyond that, right, because I can only control so much, I'm so grateful to God. I think it's going to become increasingly difficult for people who were like me, who find themselves the way I once was underneath the rock. Uh, I think it's going to become increasingly difficult for those people to begin to climb their way out of that kind of poverty and create a new life for themselves. I believe the policies, I mean, you know, when you listen to Jerome Powell, the Fed chair, talk about destroying demand in order to get inflation in line, what he means by that. The way you destroy demand is by destroying people's lives and you destroy people's lives by forcing them to be fired. Right. Or creating an environment where jobs are not hiring, but firing. Right. And I think that that kind of environment and that kind of mentality and leadership that we have today who say instead of growing the economy by opening up oil and allowing ourselves to be energy independent, we don't have that kind of mentality. We have the kind of mentality that's leading this country that says we need to destroy demand by destroying jobs. Mm-hmm. 
right? And when you find someone like myself who, you know, I mean, how do you get a job if there are no jobs, if there are no opportunities? So I think it's going to become increasingly difficult for people who find themselves um, at the bottom rung of the economic ladder to begin to create a new life for themselves. When not. Uh when Tulsi Gabbard came out and said she was quitting the Democratic Party and that, uh, you know, they're, they're a cabal of elites and warmongers, I pulled up the Washington Examiner, conservative, Democrats of the party of the wealthy elites, unheard, moderate centrist, Democrats of the party of rich white elites. Then we pulled up Jacobin, socialist newspaper, Democratic Party keeps getting richer and whiter. If the, if the right, the center and the left are all saying the same thing. And it's still not enough for people to realize this is what the Democratic Party is. I then pulled up Vox.com, which is <laughs> establishment corporate Democrat to the T. Mm -hmm. The Democrats have replaced the Republican Party as the party of the wealthy elites. How, how is it that there are people who still don't get it? That they I, still think <clears throat> that if you are poor and working class, vote for the rich people who don't care about you and want you to be cannon fodder. So I want to say this. There's a shout out to all of our good Gen Z fans. If you're Gen Z and you support the Democratic Party, then uh, I'm proud to let you know that you will be prized cannon fodder when they reinstate the draft for their war against Russia. So congratulations. It will be you on the front lines. Now, if you are between the ages of 18 and 25, and realistically, we may be looking at a year or two out. So let's say 17 to 24. The best thing you can do right now, if you don't want to be forced to join the military, is probably oppose intervening in these foreign conflicts. I was thinking about like 1930 Germany and when the Nazi party came into power and a lot of the German people were just like, I don't like them, but I love Germany, Germany pro I'm pro Germany. So I'll support whoever's in charge at the moment. And I, I think a lot of people are like, I'm pro America. So I support the president and this party. But like, you really have a duty to revolt against nasty corruption. I, I, I do think that Biden putting his son in Burisma, that, that Ukrainian oil well, company well, is corrupt. On. Putting his son there, that's a... That's yeah, a allow, I mean, he could have told him, he could have said no. Um, <clears throat> conflict of interest. Yeah, he maybe said, he didn't put him know. there. Maybe he didn't. But but allowing that to happen is like, what in the hell? Or not uh, uh, recusing himself from any dealings with Ukraine, being like, my son works for an energy company there. I can't be involved. And the war stuff with like no backing down. It's like if you don't find yourself supporting a government that wants to take you into a war yeah. because there'll be you and your kids that have to die. It's not yeah. worth it. Just to get back to the original conversation, because I think we were on some really good points here from the question that I asked that you kind of went on. And to answer your, your question, Tim, you know, a lot of the times when people are in, in poverty, they have a lot of things to, to figure out. They have a lot of problems. And then here come these politicians promising, hey, we're going to help you guys. Hey, we're going to give you this. We're going to make sure everything's free and everything's going to be handled. Everything's going to be glorious. And then, of course, they win the election. Then they're like, screw you. We don't even care about you. And then we see that pattern routinely every four years. And I think personally, to, to kind of add to, to what you were just talking about, I think globalization that destroyed this economy and, and took away a lot of American jobs, along with the destruction of the modern man and family units, is, is predominantly one of the biggest reasons why people are impoverished, why people are going to continue be, to be impoverished. And I, I think a lot of these policies are being done deliberately, in my opinion, with the subjugation of humanity. I want to tack on, unlike 1930 Germany, a lot of people have woken up to the crap. Like you guys were saying earlier in the show, the red pilling of America's now with this yeah. tax hikes and you're learning about the military industrial complex, the liberal economic order, all this like information that's available on the because of the internet in a lot yeah. of ways. I think that people are able to 
not blindly follow the warmongering leader. Yeah, so much more information. Yeah, than I mean, but you know, I'm going. I'm kind of going back a little bit more. We're ping ponging over here, but you know, uh, most people define poverty in dollars and cents, but they don't. But if 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 poverty, if curing poverty was nothing more than a stimulus check, then black people among all people, well, you know, all of our issues would be solved, right? When you when you begin to think about all the aid and all the government uh, money, uh, you know that that certain communities get. So if money, if dollars and cents was all that was needed in order to cure poverty, then hey, it'd be you know it's it's simple and it would be over because our government has has um, has given wealth to so many different groups of people but it's more than that right yeah. and it's a brokenness in culture right it's uh we're 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 bankrupt in culture mm-hmm. and it's not just a black thing any longer i talk about it in my book that if uh, you know i my I, my book came out in 2020 and i was kind of putting out this clarion call that if we don't get our head out of the sand and pay attention to what our leaders are saying this this bankruptcy and poverty that we think are confined in the, in certain communities are going to begin to spread outside of those communities and begin to impact um, our little bungalows, right? And that's exactly what we're beginning to see. Yeah, I want to jump to this story from the Daily Mail. Biden administration sued for censoring free speech. Lawsuit accuses President Karine Jean-Pierre, Mary Poppins of disinformation, and slew of officials of a disturbing amount of collusion with social media firms to quash critical stories. Republican attorneys general of Louisiana and Missouri are behind the lawsuit. It names 67 government officials or entities as having worked hand in hand with social media companies to censor stories on elections, COVID and the economy. They're seeking to depose key defendants and will ask a judge on Friday. This egregious attack on our First Amendment will be met with an equally full hearted defense of the rights of the American people, Louisiana AG Landry said. So just a moment ago in the uh, previous segment, Kathy, you were mentioning that, uh, um, well, I guess the gist of the idea is people need to know what's really going on. They need to be able to challenge the, the politicians. They need to be able to understand what's happening in their communities. But now you have more and more evidence piling up that the government is actually working with big tech to make sure people can't know what's actually happening right. in their communities. Yeah. So when we talk about why it is that a poor person would keep voting Democrat, it's because they are being locked in. They're, they're, they're locked in a bubble where they can't get accurate information, it's becoming increasingly harder. Now, I do think, with all that being said, we are still winning this this cultural battle. We're seeing, you know, The Daily Show, Trevor Noah's quitting, CNN's in a death spiral, Brian Stelter's <laughs> canceled. All of these awful narrative mongers, smear merchants, are being ousted, losing their positions of, of, of power and influence. And regular people are finding their voices through the internet. We, what we see here is the government desperate to make sure you don't know what's actually going on around And you. that's a problem. That's a problem, right? Can you imagine if Trump had weaponized the FBI, the media, Facebook and Google and how minds would be blown right now? Yeah. You know, people's hair would be on fire to be running through glass pane windows, right? The world would be coming to an end. But it is, I mean, it's so un-American. And I believe, and I believe it is um, just so very dangerous. I mean, think about the first five rights of the um, 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 
of the First Amendment, uh, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, uh, um, uh, freedom to, um, oh, Lord, I'm forgetting because I'm on television right now, but freedom of speech, freedom of religion. Press. Uh, freedom of the press, freedom to. Um, to mobilize? What's that? No, 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 no. not mobilize. But Peaceably Lord. assemble. Peaceably assemble. Peacefully assemble. That's one form and of mobilization. Regis of grievances. Yes, exactly right. And now, but when, when you go, you know, it's all five of them. But when you go down all five of them, you will see how this particular administration has just trounced uh, uh, how pounced on people's um, just basic fundamental rights, right? Freedom of speech. I mean, go out there on Twitter and put in monkeypox and see what happens to you, right? Like they're shutting all of that kind of conversation down. Talk about, you know, uh, COVID and the vaccines or any of those particular things. And there are certain sites that will shut your conversation down altogether. Like uh, what you call it? YouTube. Like YouTube. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. I go figure. And so and then and then you wonder why people are I mean, when you know, when I, we when we were on the campaign trail for 13 months, we were traveling over 1500 miles every single week and we were going all across Pennsylvania. And I mean, and I saw, you know, and, and the people are just amazing. We have some of the most amazing people within the Republican Party. But I can assure you, people are stressed. People are like in little pressure cookers right now. Right. And then when you when they want to express themselves and speak out and talk about the various issues that are concerning them. And now they're told, well, you can't. We're going to suppress. We're going to shadow ban. We're going to, you know, boot you off altogether. That is not creating um, a healthy environment for our country. And that's just on social media. Now you begin to talk about, you know, uh, inflation and gas prices and what's going on, you know, on the precipice of World War Three, all of these particular pressures, it's a lot. Yeah, I think the demoralization, it leads towards mental poverty. Like you were saying, you never felt like a victim growing up. And because of that, you were basically wealthy. I mean, you may not have had money. You don't need necessarily money yeah. to be have a wealthy state of mind, friends and family and love and desire to create. I was loved. <clears throat> I was loved. Big... I was cared for. And because of that, you created something great. Yeah. If people that have no faith or that are think that they're victims and are living that lifestyle may tend towards destroying themselves or allowing themselves to be destroyed. I mean, but think about it. If, if you're living in a culture where every every time you turn around as a young black man, let's just say, as a young black straight man, <laughs> let's just say, um, everywhere you turn, you're being told you're a victim. You're being told you're inferior. You're being told that, you know, that because you have white skin, you have privileges that my brown skin does not provide me, that somehow my brown skin is barring me from a world that your white skin gives you access to. Can you imagine if that is your daily diet, morning, noon, and night, how you will show up in the world, right? And so, and that is the narrative. You know, regarding the censorship stuff, I feel like not that states have revolted for less, but that like if you pressure people living that they can't have normal conversations in their daily life, they're going to tell you to screw yourself and they're going to form their own government. And if 39 states in the United States told the federal government, no more. No, no, no. You're not going to censor us. We live free in our states. The problem is if state governments start censoring their own people, that's why we built a federal government was to protect people from states overreaching on their citizens. So no, it's the first not... time we've been in this. Well, that's basically Shays Rebellion is an example of the Massachusetts government just imprisoning people at will, bringing the, in the, the, federal, nat- the federal government can't actually pardon people for state crimes. No, but it can it can send in federal troops to make sure that a state doesn't like the freeing of violating the Constitution. Exactly. The, it is violating the federal Constitution. Yeah. And um, this is kind of the first time in our history that we've had a situation where people feel like the federal government is infringing on their rights Absolutely. more than their states. And it's I don't know. 
tenably, like you, Luke, you were saying you feel like it's like this new, this order, this change of order. I'm not sure how you phrased it earlier. Um, maybe it's just inevitably the, the, the liberal economic order, the American led rules-based international economy is fading away. And, and we're just seeing like the struggling death throes of a, of a, but the thing is, it's that's not it because it's us. It's the people of the United States. No, no, no. We're no. leading the, the, this thing. The Uniparty for the longest time was an elite class. Uh, look at the media. For the longest time, if you wanted to be a journalist, you had to come from a rich family because the companies were based in New York City, the big ones. And if you wanted to work there, you had to be an intern, meaning you weren't getting paid or you're getting paid very little. And how can you afford to live in New York City getting paid very little? Your parents paid your bills. Right. This was a well-known problem in the media industry, even up to 10 years ago. And it probably is still a problem in New York, though it's probably been alleviated to a certain degree. Now we're seeing that regular little old people can take a GoPro, put it on their monitor screen and talk for a few minutes and eventually grow that into a podcast where they have a voice. That's changing the game. And this means the establishment uniparty is losing that class-based control they've had for the longest time. And they had tried to consolidate their power with the corporation legalities where you can like say, hey, you can't sue me. You can't take anything from me. You got to take it from that fake corporation I built. And then they can move their corporation offshore, have bank accounts offshore. And they're basically the oligarchs running the uniparty is this this wealthy corporatist it, it's it's you know it's pretty simple here tyrants can't rule if they can't control information because people will speak out against their tyranny and this is exactly what they're doing and what they've been doing i've been screaming about this for many years now people called me a conspiracy theorist people called me a kook people said i was insane i was crazy there's no way that the federal government is involved when it comes to censorship of big tech social media they're private companies they get to decide and do whatever they want themselves because they're private entities let the free market speak and i was screaming on the top of my lungs it is not a free market it never was a free market intelligence agencies helped start up a lot of these major co corporations and on the other hand who's playing with their phone right it's now it's getting hot was that you or me? I think it was Kathy. <laughs> Put the phone down, ma'am. <laughs> Pay attention. Uh, and, 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 and truly, truly, what is happening here is, is them saying, you know what? We're going to go after comedians, scientists, doctors, medical professionals, politicians. We don't care. We're just going to censor and shut everyone up right. for our own personal benefit because we want to control every aspect of this existence, including the thoughts in your head. And that right there is just too much power for any individual to have. They should be sued out of town. They should lose their positions of power because they were very irresponsible with it. And they're endangering all of us by trying to literally enact thought control. So my, my concern is that even if they're sued and they're told legally you can't do it anymore and they're like, okay, we'll stop. The private companies are private companies. They've got like the, the PRISM spy network. We know that they have like secret spying networks that they'll just do it anyway. I mean, that's my concern is like de facto rule. What? How, how do we really, you need encryption, you need decentralized communication sources. You want to say something? Well, no, I was just thinking, um, you know, uh, a lot of what is about to, what is happening, what will continue to happen is that uh, activists will bypass the voting box uh, and go straight to corporate boardrooms. It's this little thing called ESG, right? Uh, environmental social governance. And it is simply a way for uh, the government, for activists and, and, and some of those in the, within the government who wants it. You can't get it passed in Congress. So you bypass the voting box and you go straight into the corporate boardrooms and that and now we see these um, 
these uh, business elites like BlackRock, State Street, Vanguard, and other and Coca Cola and other companies that are using their leverage to force upon the American people different. Uh, uh, different American values, right? And so you see that going on and on and on again. So now we're approaching the time when the federal government will not be so, um, you know, um, big government and and trying to impede upon your uh, uh, personal rights or even trying to usurp the uh, the state government. They would just bypass all of that and, and use these large corporations. And that is what they're doing under ESG. They also have a thing called um, impact investment, which is a big buzzword, 21st century investment. Yes. So they get corporations, they go to the board, they basically get the board to think a certain way. And then that's where they put their money, whether it's through charity or whatever, into this podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to Ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. You know, events that they want to see happen and or people that they think will spread the message that they want them to spread. YouTubers, things like that. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, like, like for example, BlackRock, State Street, uh, Vanguard, uh, the three of those um, asset managers, they manage over $22 trillion, right? And that is larger than uh, the United than America's GDP. So they manage more money than, than the wealthiest um, uh, country, America, right? And so that's a tremendous amount of influence. So when you look at just these three um, asset managers alone, they own 21% of Exxon stocks, and they leverage all of that buying power to go in to kick off three of their board members on Exxon. Exxon's and replace them with three activist board members, right? And and then you and once they take over the largest of all of the uh, oil and gas companies, now they just use them as poster children as they go to Chevron and Mobile and others and say, if you don't do what we tell you to do when it comes to stop drilling um, or to adopt more um, or or to try to transition faster away from oil and into renewable energy, then we're going to do to your company. What we just did to the largest uh, uh, company, Exxon, that's exactly what they did. And so they are literally not only destroying the fiduciary responsibility between and in, um, uh, the, the manager who manages the, uh, the individual investor's money. So they're messing up that relationship because if you're managing my money, your only focus.
focus should be on maximizing my shareholders wealth. But if you're no longer focused on maximizing my shareholders wealth, but now pushing a particular narrative, now you're changing traditional American values and you're bypassing the voting box to do it. That's my concern with doctors too, because it used to be a doctor to patient. It was like the investor to the investment manager. And that was all they cared about was the health of the patient. Now you've got I don't know if BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard are on the boards of of hospitals as well, of uh, insurance agencies. I wouldn't be surprised to find out. Yes, they are. And so is it confirmed that they will? Scope 3 is something that you find in um, in Chevron, for example. And so what Scope 3 is, which is what these activists are pushing, it forces private companies to become the big brother of every other company in their supply chain, right? So if you're Chevron, you you should just be focused on finding investments to drill more oil, especially in a time that we find ourselves right now. But instead, scope three says, not only do you need to be um, uh, um, green new energy compliant, but that insurance company that's selling you insurance to protect your workers, you need to now play big brother to them and make sure that they too are moving towards doing everything they need to do to be clean energy. You're, you're, you're absolutely right on the money. And I would even say it goes even bigger than private corporations. It happens to other countries like Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka, of course, we're going along with the ESG score, implementing the ESG policies. The World Economic Forum was like, they're doing great and amazing. They're going to be the biggest and brightest stars in the developing world. And what happened to Sri Lanka? They were deliberately destroyed by the policies that they were extorted and manipulated to implement that, that pushed diversity, you know, all these issues, diversity, wokeness, uh, gender equality, all of that. And and then what happened when they put in all the green policies and all the policies that, of course, it wrecked and utterly destroyed their country. And this wasn't an accident. This was done deliberately. And now the same policies that were tested in Sri Lanka that were tested on the corporations are being implemented globally and are being introduced here in the United States and will topple the Western world from what I'm seeing. It wasn't a mistake. No, it wasn't. Everything we're seeing in Sri Lanka with the food riots and the, and the gas shortages and all that, that's the intended consequence. They, they, yeah. they outright are saying it. They're telling farmers not to farm. They're saying, oh, the, uh, the farming is bad for the environment, so don't do it, even though we're facing a food shortage because of the war. They're saying they want to shut down fossil fuels. What do you think happens? Take a look at Sri Lanka. If that's the country you want to live in, by all means, keep on uh, moving forward with these policy plans. But I'll tell you, it's not the conservatives, the libertarians, and the post-liberals who are going to be dealing with it because these people are getting out of cities. It's going to be the urban liberal who is oblivious, waking up one day and being like, why are there marauders running through the streets, stealing everything? Why is there no food? And but what do I do? People in the countryside aren't impervious because the t- what happens is corporations will try to sue the American people. The Trans-Pacific Partnership was setting it up so that corporations could sue the American government if we weren't if we were discriminating was the language against their oil company, whether we weren't following ESG standards as citizens or we weren't buying their oil. And then the taxpayer has to pay for that. And the government will find Joey Baloney out in the middle of nowhere in the woods and charge him taxes for some corporation's agenda in Malaysia. And how do you escape from that other than blatantly breaking the law? Citizen of the world. Like you're now a citizen of the world, right? So so we are now responsible for what happens in, in another country. I mean, when you think about these 87,000 new IRS agents who may or may not be armed, um, you know, this is the world in which we're about to wake up in. And I agree with you wholeheartedly. This is not, this is very intentional. Yeah. None of this feels organic, right? That it just happened 
upon us in two short years. I mean, this had this feels very intentional. This has been coming and building up for a very long time. Some people say be, before even the UN 2030 vision, even before that, there was other visions and other projects that were pushing forward to the same end goal. But just back to the Sri Lanka point, because I think it's an important one. Sri Lanka had a 98 plus ESG score, wow. right? <laughs> and, and, and they did everything when it came to energy policy, domestic policy, hiring policies, uh, governmental policies. They, 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 followed, they followed and obeyed because they were the poorest country that literally were extorted at the barrel of a gun. Just like we saw with Economic Hitman, uh, with that amazing book that detailed the decades of U.S. actions uh, against the developing world, the Confessions of an Economic Hitman, sorry there. Uh, great book, detailed how they were doing this. Now they're doing this under a new uh, disguise, under a new woke term. It's called ESG, as you were bringing up. And it's not just the acquisition and the takeover of corporations. It's the, it's the takeover of countries. They beta tested Sri Lanka. Now they're going to be testing it on the rest of the world. What happened ESG in Sri Lanka? ESG is basically the Chinese Communist Party for the West. It is. And when, 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 you're in, when you're in China and you start a business... At a certain point, you need a, an office for the Chinese Communist Party in your business. That's, that's what we were right. told by some, some experts on no, the issue. No, it's true, it's true. So it's true. in the United States, what they're doing is ESG as the exact same thing. It is the ideological component that all businesses must adhere to. Right. Giving some unified authority control over your business and what you're allowed to say or do. Did you conf You've confirmed that BlackRock, State Street, Vanguard, they buy 18 to 22% of a public company, and they have a lot. If not, they have so many publicly traded companies, they have like yeah. 18%. Do they then put three board members on their board? Is that like every time? I'm not sure about every time, but that is uh, exactly what they did with Exxon. Uh, so mm -hmm. again, BlackRock, State Street, Vanguard. Now, there are hundreds, if not thousands, of these asset managers. These are just the top three. And they manage over $22 trillion of assets around the world, right? And again, that's larger than the entire GDP of America. So that, so I say that to say these people own, a, I mean, they, they have a tremendous amount of power and clout and leverage. And specifically to ExxonMobil, they own, the three of them, 21% of of, uh, of Exxon shares. And so what they did is that they worked alongside this very small um, activist uh, um, uh, manager, uh, I think it's called Engine Number One, and uh, who had no clout to do anything, but Engine Number One put up these three uh, activist board members and, and BlackRock, State Street, Vanguard. They decided to come alongside Engine Number One and to use their leverage and their proxy votes to vote in those three board members, right? So they kicked out three, added three, and uh, ExxonMobil has gone woke. You want to read? Can you read, can you read that one again? Mm. Okay, but this might be one. It might be a challenge. Where uh, the whole thing, the whole thing, the whole black is blurry for me. All right, let me read it. Let me read okay. it. Okay, BlackRock Inc. is an American multinational investment company based in New York City. Founded in 1988, initially as a risk management and fixed income institutional asset manager, BlackRock is the world's largest asset manager with U.S. ten trillion dollars in assets under management as of January 2022. BlackRock operates globally with 70 offices in 30 countries and clients in 100 countries. BlackRock has sought to position itself as an industry leader in environmental, social, and corporate governance, ESG. The company has faced criticism for worsening climate change, its close ties with the Federal Reserve System during the COVID-19 pandemic, anti-competitive behavior, and its unprecedented investments in China. And you know what? 
I'll just add as the cherry on top, BlackRock just sounds like the name of a villainous organization from a Mission Impossible movie. I have my BlackRock right here. It's called Obsidian, and I believe that's where they got the name. It's from Obsidian, the looking glass. No, there's a lot of occult symbology when it comes to BlackRock, Black Cube, which is also an Israeli intelligence private contracting agency. There's also religious aspects here, uh, you know, spiritual aspects here. Oh, that's like Mecca is the big black cube. Exactly. So there's there's a lot more uh, reference to this than than, than a lot of people realize. Um, Black stone also. This is all about this black rock. I don't know if it's volcanic glass or what they're talking. What's Mecca? What's the? It's called the Kaaba. Kaaba. What's it made out of? Uh, I don't actually know, but it's been there for a while. It's actually pretty. It's 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 not the. uh, You're talking about Mecca. It's the, the thing Kaaba inside of it. Correct. Right, yes, right, correct. yeah. The outer, outer thing is not actually, it's commonly misconstrued as that's the outer thing, but it's actually just a small thing that's been inside of Mecca for thousands of years, pre-Islam, if I'm correct. Oh, I heard awesome. it was like a meteorite or something. Yes, now we're talking. They, yes. Yeah, um, the, regarding anti-competitive behavior for BlackRock, I've read that BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard own each other, and it's just a cycle. Probably shares of each other now. Yeah. I would, if anyone in the chat can source that data for me and send it to me on Twitter or Minds, I'd love to have another look at it. This was like 10 years ago, six years ago when I was invest. Who owns these companies? I want to find the names of the guys, but it just turns out it's other corporations. Think? And they, mm-hmm. well, he's the CEO, Larry Fink. Founder. A black rock. The founder. Mm-hmm. But who owns it? I don't know. The mm-hmm. CEO doesn't even have to have a percent of yeah. the company. Aliens. And when you ask people, well, what is ESG? No one really knows what ESG is. I mean, it is ES, it's, it's, a, it's a huge dichotomy between what they say it is and how it's going to revolutionize capitalism. And then there's reality of what's actually going on, right? And it gets more and more insidious as you go in. When you look at the credit rating agencies, I mean, they're making money hand over fist. BlackRock alone, uh, they charge uh, five times the fees uh, for their ESG awareness funds versus other funds that are just, you know, just basic with all kinds of companies in there. But then when you look at these ESG aware companies that are, when you look at these ESG funds and you look at the companies that are on, that are on the inside of them, BlackRock, again, one of the largest ESG awareness funds, uh, 90% of those companies and those awareness funds are also in the S&P 500, right? So what's the difference, right? But you're charging five times the fee. I want to tell you why West Virginia is best Virginia and why it is one of the best states in BlackRock's Wikipedia. It is a West Virginia section. Riley Moore, the state treasurer of West Virginia, said in June 2022 that BlackRock and five other financial institutions would no longer be allowed to do business with the state of West Virginia because of their advocacy against the fossil fuel industry. Moore said, at a time when energy demand is skyrocketing and consumers are bearing the brunt of generationally high inflation, it makes absolutely no sense for financial institutions to cut off capital and financing to these legal, profitable industries simply because they don't align with their radical social and political agendas. So good on you, West Virginia. Yeah, I don't want to, this is when I was earlier talking about the states revolting against a corrupt government that's trying to censor them. It's more about the the corporations that we should be focused on. Exactly. Because again, they are doing what would never get passed in Congress. So they are by, if you and I, or if, if America wants to change our values to where we just want to dish, ditch uh, fossil fuel and, and, you know, 
who cares if the economy crashes? Let's just all move down the path of renewables. Then we should be able to go into a voting booth and we should just vote in all leftists, right? Who who say that they just want to destroy um, America energy. If we want to say, listen, parents do not control our children. We want the government to be able to control our children. If we want to start saying, listen, it's all about social justice. You don't have to earn your, your, your title. Meritocracy is out the window. We should be able as Americans to go into a voting booth and vote those values into our country. But instead, but that would never pass because you would never get the majority of Americans to say, yeah, we just want to upend everything. So what they're doing is they're bypassing you and I as voters to decide what kind of country we want to live in. And they're going to these corporate board elites and they are now using their leverage, all of their money to go into these corporations and say, Either you align with what we're saying about environmental, that's climate change. Uh, the S is um, um, uh, social. social. Yeah, social, which is, which is wokeness, which is CRT, transgenderism with your children, transitioning your children. And then the governance, ESG, the governance, it is actually, I, I liken it to the glue that's bringing all of it together, right? The E the S and the G. And so they're going to these corporations and they're saying either you align with what we say, uh, you need to have X number of women, X number of black people, X number, doesn't matter if they earned it, doesn't matter if they if they deserve it. You just put them on your, in, in, in leadership because we say it. That is what they're doing. And they're saying it to the boards of the companies and is it just like if you're and not going to go along, down. So, so then they'll buy off like certain members of the board and be like, now that we have a majority of the board paid off, we just take you over. better do what we say or we're going to kick you off the board kind of thing. And it's not just that. I mean, like, that's one of the things that they did. I mean, like as an example, that's what they did to Exxon. They replaced three of the board members of Exxon and they put in three very liberal uh, activists, climate change activists as board members on Exxon, right? So that was one of them coming in and, 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 and kind of taking over the board. But another thing that these companies get to do, again, they manage a tremendous amount of, 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 um, of assets. And so one of the things they can do is just underweight how much of your assets they're going to they're going to put their money in right um and so and if you're a publicly held company and people are selling off your stocks that's not a good thing you want people to be buying your stocks right a lot of these ceos their their bonuses their their compensation is tied to their stock value so they can so instead of taking over your board they can simply underweight you because you're not aligning with their principles What's yeah, they pretty much they pretty much in work like the mafia they come to you and they're like you're going to do what we say or we're going to steal money from you and beat you down and destroy your livelihood it, and then a lot of these companies comply because they want a good score they want to comply with everything that they're doing but it, but i think you're also wrong ian by just calling them corporations they're not just private corporations they are entities that are working with the U.S. Federal Reserve, print, printing money out of thin air, funneling it into Wall Street with no accountability, with no track record, with no transparency at all. And now when you have the coffers of the Federal Reserve at your beck and call, you could do whatever you want. You could say, hey, we're going to invest money here. We're going to put money here. We're going to give this company here, this corporation here, all this money. You want some of it? You got to go along. Get on your knees and worship the altar of our 
uh, you know, rule that we're going to be, of course, pushing on everyone. And it's even beyond just even BlackRock. California mandated increased diversity on their corporate boards. That was a law. They had to comply. So this was going along with their policies that are being implemented, not through just economic force, but also government force, as we're seeing the same people responsible for a lot of these policies coalesce and implement them in all aspects of life. You're right that calling corporations not accurate. They need new names for these multi, these, I don't know, megacorps, but then the word corp is in there. I, I'd rather just focus, call them something unique when they become, I don't know, so prolific. On cabals. Earth. Cabals, that's a good way to put it. Legal cabals. <laughs> you said that they underweight uh, a yes. corporation. How does that work? If, an, if a BlackRock were to have, what are they? They yeah. own 20% of the company. So how would they do that? What would that look well, like? Well, just for example, like I said, they have 22, just those top three, $22 trillion, right? And then they get to decide how much of their money, of your money, because it's really your money. It's not their money. You invest in one of their funds, right? And so they're supposed to have this fiduciary responsibility where it's all about maximizing your profitability. Oh. And so they take your money. So I say their money, but it's not really their money. It's your, they manage roughly $22 trillion. And so they can decide where they want to put that money. And that's stakeholder and they, capitalism. Stakeholder. Now, define a stakeholder, right? You're here in America and you're, you know, busting your hump. My grandfather, he was a janitor. I mean, I mean, it was just, you know, and so he could take his money and try to invest and he wants to retire. But instead of investing along his values, his principles and investing for the purpose of maximizing his few dollars so that one day maybe he can retire, send his kids off to college. They take that money and they say, well, hey, my stakeholder is not you, the shareholder, right? My stakeholder is, I don't know, climate change and some remote part of Africa, right? Building roads or schools or social justice in some, you know, some, I don't know, in the Amazon somewhere. So it's very nebulous. It's very, um, there's a tremendous amount of um, ambiguity. The SEC has now gotten involved because there's a lot of greenwashing where you have people who are just saying they're green or that they're ESG compliant just because in essence, it's, I, I liken it to designer label. Right. ESG is nothing more than a designer label. Mm -hmm. And you want to have that designer label because now you can charge more fees. You look chic. People want to invite you to the Christmas party. And because it's because it's, there's nothing good that's coming out from this. So how did we end up with Dr. Oz instead of you? <laughs> <laughs> well, Dr. Oz, I mean, he doesn't seem to know anything about this. He doesn't talk about it. It seems very generic you were running, you seem to be extremely knowledgeable on all of these issues internationally and domestically. And 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 the people of uh, Pennsylvania, that's the choice they get? Well, let me just say, um, the, again, the people of Pennsylvania are some of the best people. I, I mean, again, 13 months, 1,500 miles every single week. Um, the overwhelming majority of the rooms I walk in, I was the only black person in the room. And yet I felt like I was their sister. I felt like we were in, um, that we had a meeting of the minds and we were trying to fight and win our country back. I absolutely love the people of Pennsylvania. My heart grieved 
you know, just because I believe they deserve good leadership. I believe they deserve people who were actually not not just Pennsylvania, but all of America. My heart grieves for us. We are living in very serious times and we have some very unserious, quote unquote, leaders right now. Right. And everybody seems to be lining their own pocket. When you look at Nancy Pelosi and her husband, Paul Pelosi, what it seems, what appears to be some insider trading going on. Who knows? Right. And you see that time and time again, you see all this money going over to Ukraine and no one can tell you where the money is going. But hey, let's trust them. Although Ernst and Young ranks Ukraine in the top five most corrupt countries in the world, right? But hey, let's just send over another, you know, $12 billion. And if you don't do it, you must be a Russian sympathizer, right? You can't have <laughs> any honest dialogue about some very serious things that are going on right now. And that is the reason why I ran. I am the most unlikely candidate just to give some perspective i ran against you know the you know um, my two main um, primary opponents they spent when you look at what they spent and the money from the PACs they spent 60 million dollars on a primary race right I spent less than two million dollars <laughs> and all of it came from the people but this is what you get by 13 months 1500 miles knocking on every door I have no regrets yeah. I left it all out there on the um, uh, on the road. Now the people have chosen, in large part because Sean Hannity is a jackass. Can I say that? Yes. Okay. Okay. Great. Amen. Hallelujah. The people were manipulated. <laughs> the people were manipulated. We were going to win. Sean Hannity is a jackass, but we already know that. I don't think that's uh -huh. a cuss word. I was asking Jesus about that on the way up here. <laughs> it's I, a donkey. Jack, I mean, it's a donkey, right? It's another way yeah. of saying donkey, but he is. Um, I know. Um, but nonetheless, uh, we're now in a race. I am not on the ballot. Um, I am. I will be walking in voting Republican all the way down because God knows Fetterman is a hot mess and I would never vote for him. Um, and I would encourage um, Pennsylvanians to do the same, to walk in and not vote for Fetterman. Yeah. I, 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 would, I would actually even say Hannity is a statist stooge, and I definitely agree <laughs> I mean, with your puppet. sentiments. He's a puppet. A absolutely. Remember? A puppet of the intelligence agency. I was but on I, but this I really... show for seven yeah. different times. He never once asked me any of those riveting questions yeah. and, and that he wanted to ask in the last five days. And what you're saying about the ESG score is the nail on the head. It's one of the most important issues that no one else wants to really talk about. It's the most about. important topic. And, and, and you covered it very, very well, which, which again, a lot of people don't do that. And a lot of people are afraid to, to talk about these issues. So I commend you for having the courage for doing so and, and speaking about these issues so boldly. But I just wanted to ask you specifically, what in the world do you think Donald Trump was thinking endorsing Oz over you? <laughs> what was going through his head? What's going on re here? Re before you answer. Now, y'all know I got to go back to Pennsylvania, right? <laughs> so don't get me in trouble <laughs> well, I wanna, with the people. <laughs> I look forward to... Um, Assuming we ever get the opportunity, sitting down with uh, uh, with former President Trump and just saying to him, now, when you made the terrible mistake of endorsing Dr. Oz <laughs> over Kathy Barnett, did you uh, did you do it on purpose or did, were you aware that it was a tremendous mistake and you did it anyway? Well, Call me Oz is famous <laughs> and I love fame. Like, what's he? I don't know. What, what was he thinking? He's drawn to the light. You everyone know, like agrees. Everyone agrees. It was a terrible mistake. You should not have endorsed Oz. Everyone, everyone's saying, at least that's what I was told. What, now, did, I, what, what would you say to that? What did it, well, I was going to ask what Hannity, what did he do that in the last? He lied. About you? He lied. Really? Oh, he dragged me. 
He dragged me all face? across. No, he's a punk. He, of course he wasn't, right? And I went on Twitter and I said, well, since you have all of these riveting questions, I am um, going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to hold Monday, 9 p.m., uh, come into studio, you, the other person you are really, you know, in love with and helping. Um, it'll be two against one. I'll come in. You can ask me all of these riveting questions, but that's not the point. The point is they looked up and they were like, oh, my God, this little black chick is about to win. And we can't have that. Right. Because what was done to me was not. And this is something for the Republican Party. Right. To, uh, for for the voters uh, to pay attention to that I was not dragged with these horrible lies, right? Calling me a Black Lives Matter, um, 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 empathize, yeah, supporter that I'm a part of Black Lives Matter. They would they would uh, get a picture of me. And they will flash a picture of me after saying Black Lives Matter or flash a picture of me after saying Black Rioters, right? (laughs) You know, of of playing those really stupid games. And it wasn't the left who was doing this to me. It was my own party, which just shocked the world. I mean, I know, you know, politics is dirty, but that's a whole nother level. And what, and you know, I've... I'm a conservative and I think I don't think it was racist necessarily, although racism and elitism feels a whole lot alike in today's economy of things. No one's going, you know, no one came to my house and told me to walk out and try to, you know, lynch me or anything like that. That's real racism. Right. Mm -hmm. But this was really ugly. It was really nasty. Um, It wasn't just politics as usual. Um, And so but the Republican Party. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I know they want us to be all about the party. And I recognize and it's such a dichotomy for me because there's no way on God's green earth would I ever vote for a Democrat. Right. And we live in a two party system. So you're either voting for one or the other. And yet I... You know, it was my values that brought me to the Republican Party. It was my values that got me involved in these political races. And I do not believe I have to abdicate my values in order to support the party. I think it's our business to beat the party into alignment. And right now we have not just a cabal among ESG corporate board members or a cabal among Democrats, but we have it also within the Republican Party. And if I could just say one more thing. Let me just throw this out here as well. I don't believe, I believe, I have a tremendous amount of hope by what I saw in my race. In my race in those last five days, we were about to win. And I saw over 330,000 Pennsylvanians, almost a third of Pennsylvanians came out and voted for me, right? And they did so in defiance of millions of dollars of lies from people like, you know, Rick Grinnell, uh, Greg Kelly, uh, Sean Hannity, they defied them. They also defied all of the Trump influencers who came out and said, don't vote for her. They defied Donald Trump himself. And they still came out and voted for me. That gives me a tremendous amount of hope, right? That people are not willing to just check their brains at the door and just do as they're told. 
People are waking up. Something what you said a little bit earlier. People are being red pilled mm -hmm. and they're recognizing something has gone fundamentally wrong with how our nation is being governed and we want different. The problem is that I lost by roughly five points <laughs> and it was as a direct result, I believe, of what, you know, uh, you know, people who say they are conservative, people who say they are a part of our party did to shove someone else down our throat. And so now we got to live with that decision. But I still have a tremendous amount of hope by when I see how my race turned out and that people just they refuse to be denied a better option. Hannity may as well have endorsed Fetterman. Because uh, Dr. Oz is unrelatable and un unlikable, and that gives Fetterman a huge advantage. Look, I've, I've seen the videos that Fetterman puts out. He's got health issues. He's got something, you know, really, really wrong with his neck. I hope he's okay. I don't know what that is. He was always wearing, it was, it was the weirdest thing. He's in suits and he's wearing a scarf. And it's because he's got something, he's got something seriously wrong. I mean, he, the man had a stroke. Mm, yeah. But you look at the videos and, and Dr. Oz pronounces the name of a store wrong. Now, was it, this was a big, big, I don't know if you got, what, what did he say? Weg, 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 yeah. Was it Wegmans or something? Wegmans. Uh, yeah, I don't remember how. And then he it. was like, my wife's trying to make crudite. And it's just like, who is, is, <laughs> is he trying to pull suburban white upper class voters or something? And then Fetterman comes out and he really tries to play up to the, to the Philadelphia, you know, working class Democrat, you know, a good old boy or whatever. These are the, these are the guys that showed up when the, when Antifa was trying to tear down the Christopher Columbus statue. This is a predominantly Democrat city. Yeah. That's what Fetterman is going for. When Hannity came out and he tanked your campaign and, and then helps prop up Oz, he was basically saying, I hope Fetterman wins. Listen, Fetterman is horrid. I mean, horrible, right? I mean, he was horrible before the stroke. Now he's horrible. With health issues. A horrible person who had a stroke, right? Yeah. That's who he is, essentially. I mean, I mean, just... I mean, from the you know from his physical appearance before the stroke, his physical appearance after the stroke, um, you know his ideologies, his thing. You know, I mean, the man chased down a black man with a shotgun. That's uh, crazy. It's a great what story. was that story? What happened? Exactly. Oh, the black the black man was just outside trying to get some exercise oh, and just so he, just he, jogging. He's, he claimed he heard some gunshots. So he grabbed a shotgun, went outside, and there was a black guy jogging, and he chased after him. What? <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Just, just yeah. happened to see a random black man running, right? And then, you know, he drops his son off, runs in the house, gets his, his shotgun, gets in his truck, barrels down on this black man, and holds him there with the shotgun up to his chest until the police came, right? And said, oh, you know, I was thinking about, I don't know, um, one of the school shootings. And, you know, and I thought I heard a gunshot. Dude, it's, yeah. it's Saturday morning, nine o'clock in the morning. Right. It was, <laughs> School's not in. Right. And it was what, fireworks. It was, it, it was very different sound. I, I, I have absolutely no idea. But this is a horrible individual and he would make a horrible senator. Um, you know, and my hope is that people will wake up. And yet at the same time, I have to say, you know, if we keep holding our nose, voting for the lesser of two evils, I mean, you have to begin to ask yourself as conservatives, what are we actually yeah. conserving? Yeah. We now have red flag laws. We now have 87,000 new IRS agents who may or may not uh, be armed, who the IRS has told to now start tracking transactions of $200 or greater. We now have uh, open borders. Uh, I mean, it's just a, a litany of things um, that we were that we were like, you know, we, we don't want. So at some point, maybe November 9th, we'll be ready yeah. to have a conversation <laughs> about what we need to do to make sure that our own 
uh, elites within the Republican Party don't tank the next conservative who's about to win solely because they want to keep control. Yeah, this is how they get you with the voting for the lesser of two evils. This has been the Ponzi scheme run on the American people for very long. And then, of course, you have Dr. Oz, who was an early promoter of trans children all the way back in 2010. And, and just back to the question, because I'm really curious. Why do you think Donald Trump did this? Was it because Sean Hannity was in his ear or was there something else happening behind the scenes? Yeah, no comment. I think I, think <laughs> I so. got to go back home, guys. <laughs> I think I think Hannity, for whatever reason, wants Fetterman to win. I think I mean, I love that moment where Tucker Carlson is doing the handoff with John Hannity and he's talking about I think he was talking about Amazon and Amazon screwing over the American people. And then as he's handing it off, Hannity goes, it's a private corporation. If they want to provide a good and people pay for it, they're allowed to do it. And Tucker just does the Tucker face like, what? what? Yeah. Like that was like a clear split between the populist new MAGA Republican base, which Tucker is, is a big proponent of and, and a big part of, and then the old corporatist neocon Republican establishment of Hannity. Hannity talks with Trump, probably said, you got to go with Oz so that Fetterman wins. I don't think he literally said that. He probably just lied to Trump and Trump was like, Oz, huh? Okay, I'll go with Oz. There I don't think Trump wants Fetterman to win. Um, I don't think Trump does. I think Hendy does. Um, I think that we have a party outside. You know, I'm not talking about Oz. I'm not talking about the race. I'm just saying in general, and it's something that I said um, the entire time when I was on the campaign trailer, that we have a, um, you know, um, and uh, the Republican elites, uh, they are not as concerned about winning as you and I may be concerned about it. They are more concerned about control. If the GOP was interested in winning, they would be knocking down my door trying to get someone like me who was able to move the needle, not just within Republican conservatives, which I have a strong grasp on, but the ability to walk into any community and, and share our story and move people into our category. We need that kind of energy and enthusiasm desperately within the Republican Party. And if the Republican GOP, the elites, the machine within that was interested interested in winning they would have my little brown face all over the place but they don't because it's not about winning it's about let's make sure we control the narrative mm -hmm. and we only have our people and our faces right uh, out there saying what we want them to say and that is again my heart grieve because I I don't believe it's hyperbole we are about to lose our country and I know most Americans don't think that we can that that can happen but I believe we're on the precipice. Let me pull up this story from the New York Post to exemplify what you just said. Killings in New York City subway systems skyrocket to highest level in 25 years, even as ridership plummeted. This is part of an ongoing trend we've seen across the country. Crime is skyrocketing. Homicides are aggravated assaults and robberies. These horrifying stories. A woman gets pushed on the subway tracks. A naked dude running through the subway. I don't know if you saw that. People uh, in Philadelphia. A woman uh, with rape. I was going to say. And people just watched it happen. Filmed it. Filming they didn't it. just watch it. They pulled out their phone, right? And that's right around. I'm telling you, my kids and I, we every every weekend during the summer, we were on the train from Philadelphia going into New York. And we would spend the weekend in New York every single weekend during the summer. 
I have not been to New York in two years now because it is crazy. Um, I mean, just case in point in Philadelphia, before the George Soros-backed uh, uh, district attorney, Larry Krasner, came into office, there are six county jails in Philadelphia, and they were at or max capacity. At capacity is a little over 8,000, right? Larry Krasner, George Soros-backed district attorney, Larry Krasner comes into office, and instead of it being at 8,000, he put it down to, I'm going to round up 5,000, right? So 8,000 minus 5,000, there's 3,000 more people who would generally be in jail somewhere just in Philadelphia. I'm not talking about all of Pennsylvania, just in the Philadelphia County, 3,000 people who would generally be locked up somewhere and not up and not out there on the streets able to impact law abiding citizens. They're now out there. And when you ask Larry Krasner, why are you doing this, Larry? He says things like, oh, I want to do family reunification, right? The broken home and the black family. We need to get people out of jail and put them back home with the people, right? But that's 3,000. What part, I'm sure there are some portion of that 3,000 who uh, who should not be in this situation is, you know, wrong. Uh, they shouldn't be there. But how many of the 3,000? The whole 3,000? or a smaller portion of that 3,000. That is the reason why we have crime at the rate that it is. Our, our, judici our judicial system has been turned into a revolving door. They should put video webcams in prisons for people because if they should be able to unify with their family and communicate with their family, everybody should, even in prison, in my opinion, if you want people to become better people as a result of being there and let them do that. But if they're violent criminals, I don't see- But don't put them back outside. The fear of losing the country is that there's so much violent crime that the government can't stop it. And then we appeal to private corporations to bring in private security. And that's the loss. Then, then we've lost our country. Then the corporations that? run the show. So that's what I want to avoid. This is all manufactured chaos. It is. Manufactured uh, uh, loss. I mean, it, it's, it's just manufactured. It's, it's, and the reason, because they want us to be dependent. Well, it's, it's almost like there's this very um, massive, you know, like a restart happening. You know, yeah. like a big, a big. Up, the Great up Reset? Yeah, something a like great, that. A Great but Reset. But it called right. something different. A great Reset. Yeah, maybe that one's fine. Great so it, it, what they say is uh, yeah. what the activists were telling me back during occupies from the ashes of the old we shall build anew. That in order to build the system they want, they got to knock down the old one. This is this is yeah. the idea. So you have crime crushing these cities. People are fleeing them, and then you can come in. What did what did Bill De Blasio say when the when the property values tanked? He's like, now we can buy them up and create government housing on the cheap. And so so you have a government that implements policies that destroys a private real estate industry. Then the government comes in and buys it for pennies on the dollars to on the dollar to create their government policy with with new land they've acquired from the policies that destroyed them. It's, like it's the Soviet it's Union. Yep, a lot like it. So they go. did it with guns. They didn't even bother bankrupting. And they're already so rich. And I used to always say to myself, you know, running for office again. I mean, you know, I was at. I mean, I've had many careers. I'm an author. You see my book back there. Nothing to lose, everything to gain. Being black and conservative in America. I'm a news commentator. Work uh, military. Uh, was accepted into officer candidacy school. Worked in the financial industry. Worked as a um, adjunct professor of corporate finance. I've had a lot of different careers in my lifetime. Um, but right before I decided to get into uh, politics, I was a stay-at-home mom, and I was homeschooling my children. We've always 
lived in really great school districts. I just believed I could do it better <laughs> than what my babies would have been learning in the school system, especially when they come home and my daughter is being taught about same-sex marriage and my son is being taught about uh, different family configurations in third grade. I was like, I think we could do this better, honey. And so we started homeschooling our kids. And so this was never on my bucket list of things to do, but we need to engage our government uh, and we need to do it now. We need to debate, demand better, not from Democrats, but from Republicans, because a lot of this stuff that's going on, I don't know if you guys even know about Podesto, uh, 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 Bill Clinton's uh, former chief of staff, no, Hillary Clinton. Him. Yeah, exactly. John right. Podesta, yeah. yeah uh, he is now Biden has now tapped him to 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 um, be in his administration to, to specifically work in the climate change. Yes. Um, the, the almost four hundred billion dollars is now under his hands. And what do you think he's going to do with that? This is a, a, a very uh, highly political figure. He's going to send this money into different campaigns and different organizations that will now, I suspect, who would now turn around and donate that money to these particular campaigns. Now, if I know that and you know that, I'm sure Ted Cruz and others know that. And why are these people, Republicans, who see themselves as president one day, not standing up and shouting this from the rooftop? Shills? Or they just don't realize that we can recover the carbon and reuse it out of the atmosphere with the carbon dioxide, just pull the carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere. Because no. they, they want to do electric grids. Like Pete Bo Thomas Massey was talking to Pete Buttigieg about electric cars requiring like twice as much electricity as a refrigerator, American's refrigerator. And how by 2030, if everyone has one electric car, how can the grid handle that? And Buttigieg is like, his response is, well, it's going to have to. And Thomas is like, no, no, no. How will we do it? Yeah. They don't have an answer. You, that's the old Seamus joke that when you say, okay, you want you want good thing. How do you get it? They go, you want bad thing. Well, then you want bad thing. If, if, if you question them at any point as to how they actually will implement their utopian vision, they just say you're a fascist, you're racist. And that it has to get you're done. You're a Putin sympathizer, right? right? Uh, listen, these people have a lot of knowledge, but they lack wisdom. Right? No, I don't think they have a lot of knowledge or wisdom. Well, no, they lack wisdom. They see a hammer and a nail, and instead of using it for its intended purposes, they look at a hammer and nail and say, look, I found a doorstop and a key, right? It just, this isn't how the world works. It's not how any of this works. And yet, these people are now running our country, and if that you, is a fact, and all of this is happening If you want watch. to assume ignorance, but it also could be intentional. The reason we have crime skyrocketing in these cities is because they want it to happen. I because agree. they want the economy to be destroyed. It's because they want to have a great reset. Exactly. It's, actually, it's either that or they are some of the most incompetent people ever. And when I listen to Janet Yellen, Janet Yellen is no dummy. This is a very smart woman. And when she talks about tra uh, transitory inflation, I reposted today an article I wrote in November of 2021. And I was like, newsflash, this ain't transitional. This is going to stay. This is going to be very sticky. I spent three months with our farmers. I was like, let me just start off with the very beginning of our supply chain. And let me let you hear what farmers farmers are saying about fuel and the cost of fuel oil right now is up 137 percent and I'm like this is not transitory this is going to be very sticky this is going to destroy lives and yet Janet Yellen Jerome Powell they're all out here talking about transitory inflation now I have to say either these these are some of the the dumbest people <laughs> who have ever managed to get their hand on power 
or it's they know exactly what they're doing, mm-hmm. I right? Think, I think they know exactly. And what these are not doing. dumb people. Not all. No. Not 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 all of them. Maybe but, Janet Yellen knows. Right. Uh, uh, Jerome Powell knows. They are. They. You know. Look. When we were talking about this the other night, when uh, Victoria Newland said that there are biological research facilities in Ukraine that we're very concerned about Russia getting their hands on. We want to protect them. And then the media comes out immediately saying, biolabs don't exist. Biolabs don't exist. Okay, well, they know they do. They know they're concerned about them. And then we had a conversation with the guest where he said, there's no biological weapons research labs. The U.S. isn't doing that. And I'm like, it's a semantic argument. it's, It's you have these people in the media in government saying the U.S. does not do these things. And then they go and do them, but then argue semantics <laughs> about it. So my example was, if a guy created a factory that was building explosives, and someone said, this dude's building a weapons factory. No, the explosives are for mining. And it's like, okay, th- those can be sold off and used as weapons, right? Yes. Okay, so we're having a semantic argument. You're making something dangerous. Of course. And like transitory inflation is semantic. Like it's transitory for now until yeah, they, yeah. it becomes no, no, no. permanent they, they just later. Keep lying. It's just another <laughs> form of it's, transition. It's, it's, it's the meme. Where they're like, first, inflation isn't happening. Then inflation uh, might be happening, but it's not, it's not that big of a deal. Next, inflation is happening, but it's transitory. Finally, inflation's a good thing. Here's how it helps. That's what they do. That's but the, now that's the cycle he's coming out. I mean, I watched eight hours of the big banks in America testifying before the House committee, uh, the banking committee in the House. And it was astounding to me when they asked a question, do you believe Jerome Powell can, um, can can handle and stop this inflation? They all raised their hand. Yes, yes, we agree. And then uh, Jamie Dimon camp comes out right after that saying the Federal Reserve is my judge, is my judge, jury and hangman. So, of course, that was something that you that you alluded to earlier. They are controlled. The banks are controlled by the Federal Reserve. They're going to dance to whatever tune uh, Jerome Powell plays, because, again, as, as Jamie Dimon said, they are judge, jury and hangman. So they're going to do whatever they need to. They're going to say whatever they need to say. And the Federal Reserve is owned. Do you know who owns it? Not not the people. <laughs> yeah, it's a private private company that's basically adherent to the Bank for International Settlements in Switzerland, the Bank of England, the Federal Reserve of New York, and the Bank of Australia, like run through this node, the Swiss bank node called the Bank for International Settlements. I don't know. I think it's the same people that own BlackRock and State Street that own and run that thing. But it's also behind the scenes. And there's hasn't yet been like an audit or oversight. It's intentionally created so that we don't have oversight over the company. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, well, the Senate is supposed to have oversight over uh, um, oversight over the uh, Federal Reserve to clarify their mandates would be one thing of stabilizing prices, uh, but the yeah. So I mean, so so they're supposed to have oversight over them. How do you see the transition of our economy right now? What do you see happening? I see like like the new world order. They want to move to this liberal, you know, global one world. At least I do. But what do you? How do you see the America progressing? Yeah, economically. I think we're in in for some really hard days. Um, I you know when when you hear the Federal Reserve Chair saying I am committed to destroying demand. Now they're talking about demand destruction. That's how they. 
they coin it. And when I was listening to it, I heard several people say on, you know, on the, the talking heads, demand destruction, demand destruction. I'm like, I still have family who live on that pig farm in southern Alabama. The farm is no longer operable, but they're very poor. And when I hear demand destruction, I immediately see faces. I immediately see who, you know, who is going to be destroyed in this process. These people are uberly wealthy. This is not going to impact them very much. The Federal Reserve is the number one reason why we have income inequality right now. And now they are also creating um, a lack of opportunity. an opportunity gap, right, between those who have and have not. That gap is is growing, growing, growing. In the first year of COVID of 2020, our nation increased the number of millionaires by 30 percent. And I'm and I'm talking to people who were getting pay cuts, like 35 percent pay cuts. Right. And I'm listening to the media talking about we're all in this together. And yet our nation at one of the most, you know, destructive times in our economy and lives, we were growing the number of millionaires by 30 percent. If you went into covid with a significant amount of assets. It was the best thing that ever happened to you as the Federal Reserve specifically began to shift wealth uh, from the people to certain entities, right? They are the number one reason for this wealth gap that we have. And now we're looking to the Federal Reserve to fix what the Federal Reserve broke in the first place. We are going to go to Super Chats. So if you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel and share the show with your friends. Be the notification you want to see in the world. A lot of people are mentioning with about a month to go from the midterms that YouTube's no longer notifying them that the show is live. So you can bypass the censorship by just being the notification and sharing the video yourself so that other people can see it. Let's read your Super Chats. We got Raymond G. Stanley Jr. who says, Kathy, many of us watching voted for you. Let's go. Well, there you go. There's another one too above that looks pretty interesting. Which one? Nick and Denise. You go for it. Read it. Ha, uh, this is from Pabs Maggie. Pabs Maggie. Yeah, he says uh, had to stop listening to Pink Floyd for Timcast IRL. Worth it. Also, getting married Saturday. Can I get a shout out, Nick and Denise? Shout, shout out. out. Shout out. Shout out. Abyss Mom says, and you homeschooled? Heck yeah. I'm buying your book ASAP. You can be my role model, Ian. Keep being you. What's the summary of the book? Uh, it was, it's a clarion call, uh, that we are about to lose our country and we need to stick our, get our head out of the sand. I took, um, I looked at the black community as a Petri dish of what happens when Democrats come in and take absolute control of everything. They leave people broke, broken and bruised. And I was sitting out this clarion call to the broader American culture that what has happened in the black community, just looking at what happens in a community where Democrats have control of everything, is that if we don't get our head out of the sand, what has happened to the black community is getting ready to spill out and begin to impact all of us. And now look, I mean, what, you know, every summer, what happens in Chicago that's been happening for decades now you know 20 black people get murdered 30 black people get murdered in one day but you know we all saw it and some people like oh yeah mm -hmm, oh that's so sad but it happens over there right but now that has spilled out of just inner city Chicago and now is around the, around around the corner of my house and your house, right? And that is what the book was warning about. And so my book is literally reading like prophecy right now. And I am no prophet, but it's not rocket science to be able to take a look at what is happening and what is going to happen if we don't get engaged. All right. OMG Puppy says, Washington's fear is not an alliance between Russia and China. It's an alliance between Russia and Europe. 
Zygbrzezinski identified Ukraine as the key to shattering that relationship in the grand chessboard, CIA, 1997. Yeah, Zbigniew Brzezinski, he was a part of the CFR Trilateral Commission and Bilderberg Group. I actually was able to talk to him previously before on my YouTube channel. He has since passed away, but he was also the main uh, person who, of course, set up the Mujahideen and uh, in Afghanistan to fight the Russians. Uh, his foreign policy, especially being the foreign advisor for uh, Jimmy Carter, has set a lot of this into motion, and he has been very prophetic in a lot of his political scholars and, and, and philosophies. Interesting. Placid Saint says Tulsi only changed her stance on guns when a stalker threatened her, and she was denied a permit in her state, Hawaii, to get a gun by the very laws she helped push and support in her state. Yeah. I mean, firearm is the great equalizer. Yep. It is the yep. great equalizer between me and someone who's bigger, stronger, and more determined to hurt me or my family. Right? A five foot, 95 pound woman with a gun is going to be able to hold her own against a six foot three, 220 pound lean muscle man who doesn't have a gun. Yep. In fact, even if he did have a gun, she'd still be able to hold her own. Yeah. Training is what it really comes down to in that capacity. So yeah, I am all for guns. People should have them. Vasht says she literally campaigned on taking away military style weapons from people. That is our literal second most important freedom. That's right. As Dave Chappelle said, second one there is there in case first doesn't work out. That's right. Is that, is that, that's, that's what he said, right? Exactly. Yep. Lizard says, I feel more like we're in pre-war fallout. Uh, did you guys, did you guys see this one in August? The U.S. government approved a $100 million contract for the expansion of Raven Rock. You guys know what Raven Rock is? Mm -mm. No. It's the uh, emergency bunker not too far away from here where the government's going to flee to in the event of a nuclear war. Now, to, now in, uh, to, to better understand this, the construction won't be done until 2027. Hmm. But that doesn't mean the reaction isn't due to the fear of nuclear war. Right. Right. If, if, if we got a warning a hurricane was coming, I'd be like, we have no hurricane defense. We should probably invest in that. It won't be done until next year. But hey, we should start something, right? Yeah. Also, there's also um, the expansion of Mount Weather. New, a new building's being put up. I think 65,000 square feet. Mount Weather is another emergency bunker nearby. So the <laughs> guest last night mentioned construction going on at these bunkers. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what? So we looked into it. Yeah, $100 million contract in August wow. for the wow. expansion of Raven Rock. That's and didn't crazy. the federal Maybe government just buy um, some pills? Um, potassium iodide. Oh, no, 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 no. no. Uh, was it N N Nipron or something? I forgot the no. name. Uh, radiation yeah, pills. Yeah, radiation pills. It was proprietary uh, pharmaceutical that the, they spent a bunch, gave a pharmaceutical company it a bunch of It was $295 million, I think. That's crazy. I totally Remember when Trump now. won in 2016 and the left said, when Trump gets in office, we're going to have wars, wars, and rumors of wars? No, it's happening under them. Well, how, what would I search to find this medicine? $295 million radioactive medicine, U.S. government, HHS, whatever. Did you find it? <clears throat> Searching now. Check them up. Yeah, 290 million. Uh, let's see what it's called. Which was the drug? N plate. N plate. There you go. It's like the letter N and then the word plate. All right. Nunn says Tulsi is the ultimate fair weather fan. Anti 2A grifter, Trojan horse, spoiler vote. Liz Cheney 2.0, angling for an anchor spot on Fox News. I wonder. That's well, some, some people are concerned that if she runs independent, I don't think she's going to run as an independent, but they think she'll pull votes away from the Republicans. Republicans. She was yeah. very, like, pro-war in the Middle East for a while. Like, she was like, the Taliban are evil. We must defend our freedoms. They want to take our freedoms away. And I'm like, dude, that was the narrative they sold us in 2001 to get us to go conquer. That's... What, and that's what brought about the Muslim ban from Donald Trump or this this flight ban list. 
And that's so weird because Tulsi on so many other things, I think she's so brilliant about. I don't know. I don't know if she realized something. I mean, I know she was serving in the military at that yeah. time. Paul Thongam says, Tim, saw your interview with John Stossel earlier today. It was a great interview. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Yes, they published that. It's actually fairly old, I think. It's like a year old. I'm not sure. Was it like a year old? Yep. That was fun, though. Uh, John Stossel is pretty awesome. Clayton Johnson says, nothing like a world war to keep a civil war from happening in the U.S. No. One scenario, the elites have more control over the outcome. Patriots are angry. No, no, no. World wars do not stop civil wars from happening. They give people an opportunity to create civil wars. Yep. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, yeah. You, you mentioned this before. Russia. Russia. Uh, Spain in World War II. Great examples. Yeah. Yeah. When, when, when the war happens, it's like, now's our chance. So my fear, as, as many people have mentioned, China is going to say, oh, the U.S. Once the U.S. is directly involved, like explicitly, overtly with U.S. troops, China goes right for Taiwan, knowing Absolutely. we can't do anything about it. I said that and all then, the time. World War Three. It's going to happen anyway. I, I earnestly believe they China is going to do a Hong Kong on Taiwan, um, and instead, and I mean, it's, it's, it's going to happen. And that alone would be devastating to our economy when mm-hmm. you look at the semiconductors and yes, the, exactly. Yeah. Max Reddick says, Tim, have you considered having fans on the show? You could do a lottery system once a month. They would share the video there on with friends and family. If you did this, you would blow up fast, perhaps. But we are uh, preparing a brick and mortar location, a physical location. So what we might do is some kind of either first come, first serve or lottery system for members where you can come to a private Friday night IRL live. So basically what we, what we might do is with the new space, the Friday night show might be in our new, uh, a new expanded uh, brick and mortar location. It's, it's where we want to do the Saturday morning cartoons events, bringing in families and their kids to build community. And then Friday night, we would do the show, but then on the upper floors, on the lower floor, you hang out, have drinks, watch the show. And then once we wrap, we hang out for a little bit afterwards. And so that would be like a VIP members thing that we got to figure out how to do it. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, it's, it's hard to figure out exactly how to do it for security reasons and how many, like the occupancy might be like 20 to 40. And so... How do people sign up for it? We might just be like, first come, first serve. Here are the tickets. Go for it. And then it's like, maybe it's going to be members only, but you're still going to buy a ticket because we got to pay for the business and everything like that. So we'll figure it out. But And then someone actually said we should do like a, a like a, a monthly lottery for like members. Mm-hmm. And I was like, sure. I don't know. We'll, we'll look into that. I had a really cool, cool idea for, for the business because, you know, we're talking about doing this cafe. What I want to do is I want to put a half craps table next to the cash register. And I don't know if it's legal, but I think it is. What you do is you'd order your food and drink and then you would get the opportunity at no extra cost to roll the craps dice. And if you get seven or 11, you win half off your order. Wow. So it's just like either you pay half off or you don't. And that's it. And it's like a 48, 49 point something percent chance of getting half off your order. So it's purely promotional and for fun. I think people would, would want to come to us more than anyone else over the chance to get <laughs> mm-hmm. cheaper coffee and, and bagels or whatever. And then oh, I was like, you could, we could also do like a roulette thing or something or like a blackjack thing. How fun would that be? You're like, you go in and real quick as you're paying, you're like, come on, let me get half off my food. You don't win any money. It doesn't cost you any money. It's right. just, it's a free thing. So I wonder if that's legal. I think, I think it might be. But they might still consider it gambling or something because you're buying food or whatever. I don't know. I just think it would be fun to be like, you know, roll the die. You get aces and then it's like, oh, that's it. Your meal's free. Have a nice day. Yep. I think if if, if we're basically giving away the money without you having to put anything in, it might be free. Like you can't win money from it. Well, I guess it's technically winning money. We don't win your money, though. You can't lose your money. That's it. You can't. So maybe that's it. 
You're not, you're not wagering anything, so it wouldn't be real gambling. Right. I don't think. Like either you pay for your food or we give you the food for free. So yeah. it's like not really gambling. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We're going to have ski ball too. That'll be fun. Ski ball tournaments. That'll be a whole lot of fun. We're going to we're gonna have video games and ski ball. Sounds like fun. Yeah. Damien Masters. Man, we got a lot of people ragging on Tulsi. He says, Tulsi is a Democrat plant. Going to poll Republican votes from Trump in the election so Biden can win again. I don't think Tulsi's running for president. Did she announce she was? Did I miss something? No. I don't know. Ryan Brown says, Tim, if you are willing to entertain some quack neo-Nostradamus, why don't you actually research the Rendsburg prophecies finally? They are over 100 years old and still accurate geopolitically. Please take the time and do it. I believe Ian is looking that up right now. Rendsburg prophecies? This sounds like a job for Shane Cashman. Looking up the Senior Rendsburg prophecies. Van Rendsburg. Ooh. So we're uh, we're hoping Shane Cashman's uh, new show, Inverted, I think we're, it's like it tells Inverted World Live or something like that. It's going to be a live show talking about this kind of stuff. Mysteries, predictions, aliens, Bigfoot, you know, and all that kind of stuff. We're hoping to have that uh, ready to go really, really soon within the next couple of weeks. So new show. I'm really excited for it. A lot of work going into it. We're really excited to uh, have this uh, up and running. And then, of course, Tales from the Inverted World will keep continuing. And it's like it's like long form and book format. And then we're going to have a weekly show discussing all of this unsolved mysteries and creepy weirdness. All right. Eggman says people on the non left side immediately forget about grifting the moment someone on the other side says something they like. We are only making the grifters jobs easier if we are that easy to please. (laughs) I mean, you know, Ian, you brought this up that Tulsi Gabbard made the announcement she's quitting the Democratic Party the day she launched her new show. Yeah, that was probably I'm pre-planned. It's got to be a publicity stunt. But at the same time, it was she's following her heart, I believe. Yeah, I, I, she's got you know, PR. she needs better PR. She needed it in the first time she ran for president, too. She just got she went up there, was honest, plain, straightforward and got steamrolled because she didn't have like a manipulation tactic ready mm-hmm. to go. Brian McGannon says watching the episode with Papa John last year, Tim, you slimmed down. Reminder, being healthy is a revolutionary act now. Discipline equals freedom. Eat beef and move your body. Yeah. So uh, since then, I basically cut sugar out, you know, for the most part. And I, I've brought it back in a little bit, but uh, for the most part, I avoid sugar. I just have like a lot of fat, tons Dude, of fat. Dude, the Stossel interview was eye-opening because you looked swole. Like I didn't, when I knew yeah, you swole. a year ago, I didn't look at you and think like, oh, he's got a swollen face. But you mean fat. Real, yeah. Like swole, <laughs> but I wonder how swole many. Swole means like ripped, yeah, doesn't it? Well, that's like what I'm talking muscular. about. Yeah. But I wonder how many people are living life not realizing how, how fat they are. Right. I was able to see it and just couldn't, I could tell that was you like a year ago. I could just see it in the interview, just looking at it. Just you from the couldn't footage. tell or what? I could, I could tell. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, I see no, you every day now. So yeah, yeah, yeah. telling the difference was immediate. Yeah, it was immediate. You should watch it. I lost like 30 pounds. Interview. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And it was crazy because I, I was exercising yeah, every day, but I was eating like grains and, and, and bread and stuff. And then I cut all that stuff out. Now I basically drink like a gallon of sour cream every day and all the weight just comes right off. <laughs> yeah. I'm half kidding about it's that. It's because you work out. Because you skate. I a lot. was working out when I when I when I I was at like two hundred and I was skating every but day. But fat and not working out is not. I good. was working. No, no. Out. If you were eating the sour cream and not working out, that right. wouldn't be good. It's because no, you're definitely. burning the fat. It's same. I think. Similar. I think it's sugar. I think it's sugar grains, carbohydrates. Yeah. People overload Absolutely. on that stuff, and it's really really bad. Absolutely. It adds up. Yeah. What what is this, Luke? You're, you're I have saying, so many comments. I'm going to hold myself back. Luke's going to feed you some bone broth. <laughs> Eats. Luke, Luke's sitting there eating at midnight. Eating bacon and pickles. I'm a, I'm a good shape too. You know, I'm not. I'm not in bad shape. You got a great diet. We go out Thank whenever. You. Whenever we're skating, Ian's sitting there. I'm not Ian. Luke is sitting on the on the couch with like in his shorts, and no shirt on, and he's just like you know watching. I'm getting my vitamin D. <laughs> <laughs> vitamin D is important too. I think that's, yeah. I think that's you know. 
Ivan Ortiz says, Tim, is it ethical for the U.S. to draft DACA recipients if they aren't even allowed to vote, but we have to pay taxes and a subscription to keep DACA every two years for 500 USD regarding your last vote? I don't know, man. All I know is this, the draft says that if you're an undocumented Im- immigrant, you have to sign up for it. So like you're here in this country secretly and illegally, but you got to sign up for military service. Don't you dare. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I don't know. Wyatt Caldenberg says, Kathy, I saw you on Dr. Turley. Your story about your mother and your birth totally changed my views on abortion. I voted for you. You are the first candidate who changed my mind and I am old. All right, let's see. Raymond G. Stanley Jr. says, Kathy, miss, I live in Harrisburg. I've talked to many black men who think like us, but either don't vote or vote Dem just because. They vote against what they're for. Suggestion on how to change minds. Yeah, just have a conversation. (laughs) Just go out and talk to people, right? I mean, I was a Democrat uh, and then I wasn't. And my strategy is really just walking out and talking to people. Um, Black people are not special little unicorns. We want what everyone else wants. Just keep having conversation with people. Right on. Rat Buttocks, excellent name, says, Tim, I quit smoking so I could afford a super chat every night. Right in Pinkerton 2024. Pinkman? Who's Pinkerton? Be careful when you quit smoking. Your testosterone levels go down after doing so. Is it because the cigarettes make your testosterone go up? Or no, what? I, I, th- there's a correlation between also eating and, uh, you know, getting away from different habits. There's a lot of different reasons. Oh, because it's an appetite suppressant. When you remove the suppressant, you eat too much and then your testosterone drops. That's one theory out there, yes. All right. Brand says, start, fund a new show, Woke and Lefty. Make it seem like a safe place for a prominent leftist to guest appear on. When they show, ask hard questions and expose them <laughs> would need a believable host. Wow. Well, what we're actually planning on doing is uh, right now on one of our burners is a crossfire style show. Now, every time I bring this up, I'm like, wouldn't it be great if we got like two different, you know, political worldviews to have a discussion about something like calm and rationally with a moderator? Everyone's like the left will never, never come on. And I'm like, you're right. But this is not the kind of show where we need Hassan Piker. It's the kind of show where we need like an environmental activist who's working at a local level. And then you get like a petroleum engineer and an environmental activist to sit down and have a conversation with a moderator, someone who's checking the news. And I'm like, I think that actually would work really, really well. Mm -hmm. And it would probably, uh, I think it would work really well. Just simply put, it'd be an excellent uh, business decision. People would love to watch something like that. And it would be good for us culturally to get these people to have these conversations. I think so. I think people are... um, almost over the epic takedown kind of moments, right? And we're looking for something real and authentic. And I think as life gets a little bit more challenging for people, they're going to be looking for something real. People are going to need hope. Yeah, I, I, I got the idea because we were talking about having like a female skateboarder uh, have a conversation with a trans skateboarder who's competing in female contests mm-hmm. and then actually have them talk to each other about what they're going through and what their issues are. And then you'd have a moderator. And the goal is not to make it a debate or angry, but to have a conversation so that people aren't just talking past each other. And I thought that'd be really interesting. Yeah. But we could do that with a lot of things. Like I mentioned, environmental activist, petroleum engineer, climate change activist being like, we've got to end fossil fuels, petroleum engineer being like, or or, I mean, not not only that, someone who works in power plants or with electricity being like, how many people are going to die if we do what you want? That'll be interesting. All right. Zachary Dempsey says, can't tell you how many times I've brought up a story from IRL while working in a New York City suburb school to coworkers, and they just refuse to even look into it for themselves. It makes me feel crazy. 
Yeah. But, you know, one thing I would suggest is you can't go up to someone and be like, hey, did you hear X? Like, look at this story here. Look it up. You've got to be very subtle and passive with it. Like, let them talk about their interests. And then you interject something like, yeah, you know, I was I was I was watching the thing about Biden. The thing about it, I just can't get past the weird, you know, they're doing the child sex change thing. But I don't know about whatever. Yeah, you, you just know, you passively mention these things. You don't need to throw it in their face and be like, read these stories, read these stories. You, you know? know the story so well that you don't need to reference it to give them a very subtle, shocking statement about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then when they're like, I, I don't know about that, be like, yeah, I don't know. It was on, uh, what was it on? It was on some, I don't know, I saw some video on Facebook. I'll send it to you later. Yeah, yeah, you know. And then just you're, you're, you're making sure they're hearing these things. The other thing you can do that I heard is a really good idea, that, or that seems like a great idea, is when someone comes to you and they're talking about this political stuff, challenge them to not watch any mainstream news and just read the, 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 the bills themselves. Just challenge them to do it. Be like, okay, look, I don't, I don't know about, you know, these, these, these news hosts, but why don't you do this? Don't listen to or watch any news program mm-hmm. for, say, three, three days or a week, and then read the bills going through Congress, right. and then tell me what you learned. That is exactly what I do. I but download and read their bills. Invariably, people get red-pilled. Because they're like, wait a minute. <laughs> I remember when I worked for Fusion, there was some bill about religious freedom or something. And they, they, everyone at the company was saying it did X. And so I was like, cool, we'll put together a story about it. And then we read it and we couldn't figure out how it did what they claimed it did. I can't remember exactly what it was. It was they said it was like band game marriage or something. Yeah. And then I was just like, it doesn't say anything about that in here. And they were like, oh, well, you know, but that's what it does. And then me and this other producer were like, uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't understand what we can even say. Yeah. yeah but they, they, they wanted us to just say it. Right. Yeah. Just say it's like it. the, I'm like, I gave it has nothing to say. It says nothing in there about don't say gay, but they, right. they, they make it about that because it helps them. It's expedient for them. You know, it's weird. Rory F says, as far as I'm concerned, there's only one ideal 2024 ticket. Trump cash 2024. Maybe Tulsi's having a come to Jesus moment. Maybe she'd be secretary of defense. I'd be, I'd be, that'd be great. You know, that'd be cool. Cash Patel. Yeah. This in? Nice. I tweeted Trump West 2024. Yeah, and, great. Would vote. But, but who, am I, who, who am I referring to? Cornell? No, nah, Alan? just kidding. Alan is who I thought. Yeah. <laughs> Kanye? Kanye. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you see, I knew that, like, you assumed it was Alan West? Yeah. No, first I thought Cornell West. I was just like, who are all the Wests? And then you thought Alan? Alan. A lot of people thought it was Kanye. And I just thought it was funny that I could put West and it's like, who is it reference to? Actually, like, I thought it was one? Kanye the, when I saw the tweet. I actually <laughs> thought that I'd read it, Trump. It was Trump West. I thought for sure you were talking about Kanye in the tweet. I tweeted a whole bunch of stuff today that confused a lot of people. But it's really funny watching everyone just I, like takes like these tweets seriously when they're obviously not serious. But hey, man, I, tw- I have fun on Twitter. It's really good. I said, uh, people who don't trust the government haven't learned from history. Spicy. Luke. Yep. That's a thought-provoking one. (laughs) (laughs) And then I said something like, the government has, you know, I I, I tweeted, uh, the government has never done anything wrong. All those bad things, that wasn't real government. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Guitarist Gabe says, regarding your video, I have a friend who recently swore into the Air Force and said it was weird that the oath is to protect your superiors and not the Constitution, country, or its people. The oath doesn't even mention them. Really? I thought it did. Is that like a new thing or is that how it's always been in the Air Force? Yeah. Mark Shepcott says, Tim, where to get long-term emergency food? Well, of course, you know that we when we do our shout-outs, it's safeandreadymeals.com. 
That's, uh, that's what we shout out when we do. Henry Back to Play says, not only is Kathy courageous and inspiring, she breaks things down in layman's terms without missing a beat. Bravo. I like it. There you go. Grafty says, meatloaf is much like graphene. If done incorrectly, it is much like graphene. If cooked too long, buck, buck. Okay, I have no idea what that means. John Hansen says, how does ESG not violate their fiscal responsibility to their investors? How is that it does. not legal? It's because they're it not illegal. illegal. They're no longer working with, um, what do they call it? Shareholder values. They're going for stakeholder capital. Doesn't change the so law. they don't have to make, they don't, they're not so concerned with the, so what happens is BlackRock doesn't care if Exxon is making money for its shareholders. It wants BlackRock or wants Exxon to Ian. make money for the, the stakeholders, the right, people right, that are Ian, being Ian, affected Ian, Ian. by missing, the- You're missing the point. You're missing the point. That is illegal, and that's the point they were making. Illegal in the United States, maybe. It doesn't matter what these companies' goal is. It matters that their goal is illegal. In the United States, but but they're not American companies. The way they... But they operate in America, then it's a crime. But now the way they get away with it is that you have these um, credit rating companies like MC, uh, I think it's MCSI, where they essentially say, okay, well, today... You're going to lose money. But we're looking at 20 years, 30 years, 40 years from now. And we are looking through our crystal ball. And the crystal ball says we're going to have these particular laws in place. And when you have these laws in place that forbid fossil fuel, now we come back to the future and say, this is the rating we're we're going to give you. And so they find the loophole to say, oh, this is long-term investing. So you're going to take a hit today because of these long-term goals that we have. So that's the reason. So that's really how they they um, obfuscate the Fat. illegality of it. Fat Chipmunk says, GOP leadership is trying to sabotage legit candidates they can't control. They revoked all their funds from Blake Masters recently. Absolutely. That that's what they did. I don't know about Blake Masters, but I can tell you <laughs> in my race, again, it's the it's, it's what I what I've said before. What I will continue to say is that we have, you know, I mean, when you're in the family, you know, when I'm talking to my children, my husband and I are talking to our kids, we say, listen, when we're out here on the street, mama got your back. I'm going to be right there for you. But when we come home, it's going to be a different story. Right. I'm going to take you to task. And it's the same way within the Republican Party in the family. We got some issues to contend with and we need to start cleaning house we have a group within the republican party that has nothing i mean they're probably democrats if anything but they're definitely a uniparty and their goals do not match our goal and they're sabotaging conservatives also he says i agree with Serge. i watched the interview this morning and i immediately knew it was an old interview by how much rounder your face was it threw me initially <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> i tried all right. Zeker Fender says three, three cheers for Kathy Barnett. She's right on with the Fed's policy of reducing demand. We get the inflation and lose the jobs and the nuclear holocaust. Well, they get their billionaire bunkers. They got them in New Zealand. You saw the reports about how they're building these, these exotic resorts out in the middle of nowhere. They got mountain bunkers. They're building missile silo bunkers, property in, my, my, uh, in uh, Montana and Wyoming and Idaho skyrocketing. And now they've got these big $100 million contracts over at Raven Rock. Somebody knows something and they're getting ready for something and they ain't telling us. Mm -mm. But uh, if you listen to this show, at least you won't be 10 steps behind. Only two. (laughs) So maybe you can pick up emergency food or something. And uh, I don't know, man, get some chickens. Yeah, I have a plan with your neighbors. 
you know, talk to your neighbors, talk about worst case scenario, have contingencies planned, you know, who's going to have, where's the water, where's the food going to be, I'm, people you trust, obviously. All right, everybody, if you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel and share the show with your friends. Become a member over at TimCast.com. We're going to have a members only show coming up for you at about 11 p.m. So you don't want to miss it. You can follow the show at TimCast IRL. You can follow me personally at TimCast. Kathy, do you want to shout anything out? Yes, uh, please go um, to Amazon, wherever books are sold. Purchase my book, read it, buy one for a friend. Holidays are coming up. Give it to them. And let's try to red pill some other people. Please go to my website at kathybarnett.com. I've started a new organization called Be Better America. Uh, it is going to be funded by you, but the same things that I have always been doing, I'm going to continue to do, which is pushing our value. So please consider donating uh, at kathybarnett.com. Kathy, thank you so much for coming on. That was a very great conversation. I think I know why Trump uh, did what he did, but I'm going to tell you after the show. Anyway, <laughs> oh, my no. YouTube channel is uh, youtube.com forward slash we are change. I did a very interesting video today about Musk, Ukraine, the crazy statement by the former Joint Chiefs of Staff. I got into all of it. YouTube.com forward slash we are change. That video is up for you right now. See you there. Thanks, Luke. Thanks, Kathy. Great to see you. Great thank to meet. You. Good conversation, ma'am. Yes. And I know you're a woman, but I called you man anyway. You know, woman. I'm, I'm in dispense. I thought it was the... man. Yeah. Look, I know what it means to be a woman. <laughs> so Thanks. I did not Thanks for being cool. <laughs> Serge, what's up, dog? Hey, guys. Uh, thanks very much for the podcast. I really appreciate it, Kathy. It was a great one. Thank um, you. Better than yesterday, I would say. Got a little weird than yesterday, but uh, it was great. Thank you for coming. I'm Serge.com everywhere. I'm pretty sure you can find me there. Thanks. Take it away, Tim. Before we go, I have a sad announcement to make for everybody. And uh, we wanted to wait until the very end. Uh, a couple nights ago, Roberto Jr.'s mom, Katerina, died in her sleep. We don't know exactly what happened or how. And we had Katerina brought to a vet for, I believe it's called the necropsy. I, yes. I think. They're trying to determine the cause of death because Katerina, the chicken, was uh, only about uh, just, just shy of three years old. And so that's very young for a chicken. She was sleeping in the normal position. Didn't really show any signs that uh, that we noticed of distress or sickness. And uh, the next day, she just didn't wake up. And so that's uh, Roberto Jr.'s mom. So it's been really tough on him. If you have any uh, comments, questions, or concerns, if there's anything you are wondering about Chicken City, you can email Jr. at TimCast.com, and uh, he will respond to your messages and... Uh, uh, We'll figure something out. It is, it is sad because uh, Katerina is one of the original chickens that we got for Chicken City and, uh, you know, is, is the mom of Roberto Jr. and a bunch of other babies that, that eventually, well, a couple other that were hatched. So uh, is it Roberto Jr. or Roberto Jr. all one word? Jr. Uh, I'm assuming it's Jr. All right. Well, e email both just in case and you'll get through to one. Yeah. And uh, but but he but he does respond to all of his fans. So Roberto Jr. <laughs> is a, he's a good host. All right, everybody, thanks for hanging out. We'll see you all over at TimCast.com in about an hour or so. Uh, again, thanks for hanging out. Cheers, everyone. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch -ch -ch -chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. 
No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.